0: The reason these disturbances they followed you to a new home is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So, 1100 men went in the war,
1: 316 men came out of the sharks, took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway,
0: we delivered the bomb.
1: I'll be right back. You won't be back. get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Uh, I have come here to
2: chew bubble gum and
1: kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble. Gum. My name is Robert Hawkins. I possibly seven hours ago. Uh, Something attacked the city. Um, you found this. If you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do.
3: California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm not, not coming here. you. John Doe has the upper hand. And on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon Then all, all save one, shall follow. Daryl will laugh at
0: you. Daryl will laugh at you. Daryl did going laugh. At you.
3: Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of our film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir?
1: I am well.
3: Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir?
2: I'm doing much better. How are you?
3: I'm doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going?
4: Good. Like Eric, I am doing well.
3: Excellent, excellent. Uh, so, uh, folks who have stumbled upon us, or even those who are regulars... Hey, uh,
1: who are you and where are you?
3: <laughs> oh, perfect. I didn't even introduce myself. That was uh, <laughs> uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire, in the U.S. of A.
1: <laughs> Thank so you. A little- I was say, in the U.S. of A.
3: <laughs> yes, a little, a little backwards there, a little backwards. But we're doing it backwards tonight, and we'll explain all that sorts of crazy
1: shits going on.
3: Exactly, exactly. So, uh, for folks who stumble upon us or who are regulars, uh, we are the Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, which is the uh, the head podcast or the main podcast, the original podcast of the Dark Discussions News Network. Uh, that is a website www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, also, uh, you can find the podcast wherever podcasts are found under Dark Discussions podcast feed, uh, as well as uh, the website has all the episodes as well. And uh, we do have uh, an email, which is uh, darkdiscussions at aol com. And also just press the contact us menu choice on the menu on darkdiscussions.com, the website, and that will also open up a email box uh that you can uh, type in the email. Uh the subject doesn't matter, but uh just make sure you put a subject in so we know it's uh for us and we will read your your message on the podcast. Uh that's right. So uh we uh do have a message coming out uh on episode five fifty-nine. Uh, from John Appleby, uh, so uh, people can check that out. That episode will be dropping tomorrow. And for folks who are curious, we are recording this December twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. That is uh, the time we're recording this because uh, for some of our listeners, like Pam, who just had an anniversary, so congratulations to her. Or maybe uh, I'm sorry, Pam. I'm sorry. Um, condolences. Uh, no Yes, my condolences. Uh but uh on a on a serious note, um uh we we uh give the date because sometimes these episodes aren't released immediately after they're recorded, even though this one will be probably episode five sixty, uh, for the fact that uh it is timely for the time of year and we'll explain that in a moment. Because our friend Mike, uh who uh happens to also have had a anniversary to Pam. And congratulations, Mike. i
2: um, how that shit works. <laughs>
3: yes. Yes, these things are interesting. But uh, either way, um, tonight's episode is a, is a special episode because uh, we d- usually do something um, yearly at this time, and we'll explain that in a moment. But before we do, uh, Eric, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com?
1: Well, Phil, they can find a link to our Patreon account, Patreon allows you to financially contribute to your online artists like podcasters. Uh, producing this show is not free. Uh, we have to pay for things like movie rentals and computer equipment and uh, web hosting and domain names and so on and so forth. Um, so if you would like to help us offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or you can click on the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. Any old you know, contributions are greatly appreciated.
3: Indeed, indeed. Uh, It is a great honor when people do donate because uh, we do have a lot of listeners. Um, As usual, we we pull in uh, a good grand or more um, each month uh, of listeners, that is, but we pull in barely any money. Uh, Actually, we are usually running in the red. So anybody that wants to donate, we do appreciate it. Uh, It's not required, obviously, because we're here to uh, talk about movies and we've don't charge anything so we do run on listenership uh reviews and donations and emails and that's pretty and, much and
1: it. and let's just face it we like hearing ourselves talk
3: yes yes because <laughs> otherwise why would we be doing this for 13 or 14 years and why would eric <laughs> even do a, another podcast that long with his buddy dan but we'll get into what that is at the end of this podcast. so i concur eric that's a fair point um all right. So uh this is a special episode of the podcast. Uh and Mike, uh explain what's going on. What 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 is this special episode and, and why do we do it and how did it happen and all this other stuff?
2: Well, this was something that inspired me a few years ago was just the uh ten idea years. of ten, Mike. It hasn't been ten years that we've been doing this. It's <laughs> been about five or six. <laughs> um where I thought maybe we could do something as a new year theme New year's themed episode. And, uh, since I don't drink, uh, I do know Eric has some party favors, but, uh, that he likes to blow on, on occasion, but I didn't think we could build an episode. Whoa, from that
4: whoa, whoa, whoa. Alone. Crazy. <laughs> that was interesting.
2: What? You've got your horn that you break out for the, uh, the, yeah, the like, horn. Episode. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what else you might have. <laughs> um, but one of the things we do is, is new year's resolutions. I said, well, you know, what's a New Year's resolution theme? And so, well, we always have lists of movies that we've never seen that we always wanted to. And it's like, so we should ha- do a New Year's resolution episode where we finally watch that movie that we've always wanted to watch. Because that's a whole lot easier than doing things like eating healthy, you know. So, um, <laughs> saving money. Um, so, that's what started this. And over the years, we've, we've each uh, we've taken turns picking movies, watching movies that we've always wanted to see and yet never had somehow never caught up to. Um, I still have a pretty good list of films that I have not caught up to that I've wanted to see. Um, in fact, we've been doing this podcast long enough. There might be movies that came out the first year we were doing the podcast. that would qualify for this too. (laughs) Um, nevertheless, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a little bit of an eclectic mix. None of us knows to the best of my knowledge, what anyone else has chosen. Um, and, uh, so, this will be a surprise.
3: Yep, that's right. That's right. So uh, for whatever amount of years, whether it's five or six or ten, uh, we've been doing it for a while. And uh, it's been a successful episode and oddly uh, one of the most downloaded uh, yearly. Uh, when, when we really? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, not know I, that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's right there with, with the best of and, huh. you know, the Halloween kills and, and, you know, the big films. So, yeah, yeah it is interesting uh, to see that. So that's always I was a, just uh, uh
1: texting with Mr. Watson uh and I, I told him what I watched for this and, and uh he was like oh I love those episodes.
3: <laughs> oh there you go. There you go. And speaking of Mr. Watson uh, how's he doing uh what what's been up in his life because we haven't uh he does not post much on he's been one of those you know disappear of social
1: media. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's still uh, technically doing the Watsy uh party horror podcast although I think he's released one episode this year. Uh, <laughs> it's scheduling. Uh he's on the West Coast, his co host is on the east coast and also does another podcast. So it's complicated to get the time. Uh but he's still at it. He mostly just uh he he does horror movie weekly podcast, um and uh Jay of the Dead's new horror movie podcast. Uh both of which have not had any recent episode because the uh the main dude who runs all those shows, Jay of the dead, um, got really sick and ended up in the hospital, unfortunately. So, oh, that's he's better now. Bad. but, uh, both those shows were, uh, delayed for a little while. Cause of that, right.
3: Right. Otherwise, uh, those are, are weekly shows or, or bi-weekly shows
1: that, are- um, horror movie weekly is theoretically weekly. Um, and Jay, the dead new horror movie podcast seems to be whenever he feels like putting something out. Uh, it could be, one time a month and be a nine hour episode, or he could break it up into seven smaller episodes like he did in October. You never know.
3: Gotcha. And, and uh, for Mr. Watson to uh, hold off on social media, which is understandable because social media can be the devil, uh, the devil. Exactly. Uh, Is there any, any other specific reasons uh, that you know of or, or that's for offline type of stuff? Uh, Not
1: that I know of. Yeah. He's just—he's just, also just. He's, it's hard to communicate with Mr. Watson, even though I—I I have his phone number, but he uh, is in an area where the cell phone reception is inconsistent at best. Um, so even if I text him when he happens to be awake, which is different hours than I keep, uh, sometimes I won't hear back from him from a couple days at a time because he'll just not check his text while he has service.
3: Indeed. Indeed. It makes sense. Um, well, either way, uh, happy new year and Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Watson. And
1: indeed. Uh,
3: we appreciate, we appreciate that uh, he enjoys this episode because yeah, this is, this is a, uh, I don't know what any of the co-hosts think of the episode except Mike, but, um, like I said, most of our listeners uh, seem to enjoy it tremendously. Um, all right, so that's pretty much the setup here, and uh, what we usually do is we go in alphabetical order, uh, and then we talk 20 minutes or so about each film that that is brought up as the bucket list after that person talks about their experiences with the film. Uh, so we're going to do that, but we're doing reverse order uh, this year because uh, uh, co-host Barrett, this is his second year, doing this episode, and he... Um, doesn't want to uh, be put on the spot. Am I right to say that? <laughs> yeah, so. sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't wasn't insulting. That was being polite. No. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. 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 All right. So, um, anything else anybody wanted to bring up before we begin? Anything?
1: No. Just uh, somebody uh, is breathing heavily into their mic. Oh
3: uh, yes, I don't know who that is because I was speaking. anyway. You did. So. I'm sorry. I'm muted, so, so it's not me. Uh, <laughs> it must have been
4: I'm adjusting anyway. my yeah, microphone.
3: You Barrett, 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 so Barrett, Barrett. is that stressed out about about doing it? <laughs> is, it is it better now? Yeah. Yeah. It's all
0: good. Yeah.
3: yeah. All right. All right. So uh, so that begins with uh, alphabetical order by or reverse alphabetical order by first name. Uh, so that would
1: be me. <laughs> the way everybody does it.
3: Yes. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um. So. Uh, uh, I did a movie I, – I I honestly had no idea what I was going to do until basically yesterday morning um. because originally my, my first choice uh, was nixed by Eric and Mike because they always nix films. Even the what next week's episode, I wanted to do a film, and they already nixed that
1: too. Uh, well, that's because to you're movie. dumb and you don't understand your own podcast branding.
3: Well, I was thinking genre. We don't have to – be. You know. But uh, originally it was going to be Top Gun, and yes, believe it or not, I've never seen Top Gun. Uh, and and so that's somewhat embarrassing. And so I was going to do that, and then I brought it up, and they said I – mean, I should not have brought it up, and I should have just watched it and then said, that's my choice. But
1: <laughs> then we would have yelled at you on the air.
3: <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, so uh, I was going through a couple of films. Uh, I was deciding whether or not I wanted to do uh, classic horror films that I haven't seen really at all or, or just – daily pieces like you know uh Friday the 13th part 2 or something like that cuz believe it or not I've only really seen uh f- two one five and the remake and that's it wow
1: uh, that's a weird selection
3: yeah well the 5 was because uh, it was at a uh, a film a Halloween film, quote-unquote, fest, film festival at a, a buddy's house.
0: Mm, okay. It was one of
3: the films that was chosen, and it was actually pretty good. I, I enjoyed it, even though I know a lot of people poo-poo it. Um, but, uh, so I was thinking that, or maybe I would do um, another Mario Bava film, um, that because I had seen one uh, about a year, two years ago for Halloween month, and it was really good. Uh, and then I was thinking maybe a Roman Polanski film, uh, but again, I already saw Repulsion, uh, again, that same month. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll go Grindhouse. And so I was thinking uh, MS, MS 45. And oh, that... I just
1: watched that this past year for the first time.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I almost did that one. Uh, but then I said, and oh, then I almost did, I was going to do that Korean film, uh, Parasite. But I said, you know what? I want to do something that isn't dark, really dark, like MS 45 or where I have to really. Concentrate, and that's like a four-hour movie, like all Korean films, with uh, was foreign language. I have to read something. <laughs> that's a little
1: bit of an exaggeration. <laughs>
3: yes, a little, just a little, just a little. Uh, so Close, it's the wailing. Yeah, you're right. There you go. Uh, so I decided to go with, uh, I guess a dry, not grindhouse, but definitely a midnight movie, driving kind of classic, uh, because Eric brought it up about four months ago, five months ago. So I know Eric will appreciate uh, this choice. Um and uh, so I decided to watch 1980s independent horror film called Alligator.
1: Oh, nice! All like right, you never seen it before.
3: I saw the last five minutes when I was like 11 years old because they had played it as the you know the Saturday uh-huh. night ABC movie.
1: Yeah, and, that was on TV a bunch when I was a kid.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I missed it, but. Then uh, I got to see the last five minutes somehow. And, uh, and it looked pretty cool. And then the movie just disappeared off the face of the earth.
1: Ever. Yeah, it was, it was gone for a while.
3: Yeah, 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 right, right. And it's weird, too, because it has good reviews. It has, has a, a pretty good leading man that, that was real popular at the time. And, and it had a rebirth uh, with, with Quentin Tarantino um, and so on and so forth. So um, when it came out, on uh what four k is it Erica mm-hmm. it's, yeah, yeah, so, so it got this really huge release on disc this year, and then I heard that it was popping up on, on v o d as well, and uh, so I was gonna watch it on shutter, and of course, uh the past half of a month or so, my shutter app isn't working on apple t v at least the one in the man cave, so i gotta I gotta You're
1: look not the to- only one having a problem with shutter.
3: Yeah, I know. I know it's
1: really you mean weird. Because they cut half the staff.
3: Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes. So, uh, what I'm going to check I'm going to check the shutter app on my other Apple TV tomorrow and if not uh I found a way to open up a a ticket with them. Um, but uh I did find out that it was on Amazon Prime uh though with commercials. Mm-hmm. Um and I could have rented it or buy it, but I said, "Ah, uh, you know, uh,
1: I'm a cheap bastard."
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and and just on principle, because I should be able to watch it for free without commercials on Shutter if my app worked, um, I was not going to pay for it. So, um, I watched it last night, and um, my thoughts on the film. Uh, and I was texting uh Sean Fox, uh, part-time co-host uh, of Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, as well as a lot of the television series podcasts that we did last year or i should say this year 2022 since we still have a few more days and uh i said it was a really good film this is a great film and the, the critics on rotten tomatoes as they reevaluate it and uh has all the reviews there now it's in uh 83 percent and i'm it. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember people were poo-pooing it, saying it's just another one of those twenty-five films that came out to just um, you know live off of Jaws. And no, it's it's a solid film. It's 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 uh, it's fun. Uh, obviously, some of the science is a little kooky, but you know you can buy it. I've, we've seen stuff like this before, and um, the the special effects are fantastic. Um, And cars blowing up and stuff. And it wasn't just, you know, uh, purchased film that they cut in. They actually were for the film blowing up cars. And then the alligator looked really good. And the cast was pretty solid for, for the, for the day. I mean, not, not that we had, um, superstars, but, um, uh, Michael Gazzo, Robert Foster, uh, Henry Silva, uh, among others, uh, Oh, Sidney Lassick. So, so yeah, they had they a lot of good people in this. So very recognizable actors and actresses uh, in the film. Uh, the story uh, kept moving. It was a nice, quick hour and 30-minute film, uh, perfect for a last-minute choice. Um, and if you like giant monster movies where people get eaten, uh, this is a really cool film. So I know, Mike, you would – like this film tremendously if you haven't seen it yet, or at least have a blast with it. Um, and yeah, so, uh, that's, that's how, I, what my experience is from it yesterday. Uh, now, uh, some of the backstory, uh, it's written by a guy named Lewis Teague, uh, who, uh, was director on, uh, uh Cat's Eye and Cujo and the Jewel of the Nile, uh, worked on, uh, Navy Seals. Uh, yeah. So he, he's done a bunch of stuff. And then, uh, the screenwriter though, um, John Sales. uh, John Seals is a Academy Award winner. Um, so that was interesting that, that, uh, he, he actually was the writer of this as well. Um, film came out on, uh, looks like June 5th, 1981 in New York city, but it came out, uh, in November 14th, 1980 in LA budget of $1.75 million, uh made $6.5 million, Um and 83% good reviews. Um, now, Eric, you said you saw this film. Uh, was this your first time ever seeing it this year, or did you watch it back in the day when you were a kid?
1: Oh, I watched it on TV when I was a kid. Um, I had fond memories of it, so I actually did purchase the 4K disc uh, when it came out. Um, and because of that, I have a couple of little trivia things if you'd like me to spit them out there. do. Absolutely. Uh, this may be a repeat because I think I mentioned it when I initially bought the disc. Um, but uh, they were absolutely trying to rip off Jaws <laughs> with, with this movie to the extent that uh, when I was watching the uh, director's commentary, um, he was trying to recreate a certain scare from Jaws and was having trouble doing it. So he actually had the he called up verna fields the woman who edited jaws and said hey i'm trying to rip off this scene from jaws how'd you do it <laughs> so I, I thought that took a huge set of cones to, to do that which, um, which
2: scare was that
1: uh he was trying to recreate the uh the head in the boat um and never was able to successfully do so
3: uh, oh, was that, that, no, I mean, that, that it's not
1: the exact same scare but the, the, the timing. Yeah.
3: What um, was that was that the um the news reporter?
1: I, I can't remember exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um yeah, and uh, you were talking about how good the alligator looks. Uh one of the reasons the alligator looks so good is that a lot of the shots you see of the alligator, um alligators are um I don't think unique is the correct word um but not like all other animals in that they uh keep the same proportions throughout their entire life cycle so a lot of the shots of the alligator from far away are actually a baby alligator uh walking by models and that's why it looks so good it's because it's an actual alligator
3: oh and the models look pretty damn good too yeah yeah wow that's pretty awesome
4: yeah, that's one of the good things about the practical effects of explosions is that it looks more real. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that.
3: Yeah, How yeah. They uh, had the cars blown up at the end and stuff, and it, it was that was real stuff. But you were saying something, Mike?
2: Well, that's why you, you have the, the silly headline now uh, that uh, Christopher Nolan's new film is about Oppenheimer and the creation of the nuclear bomb. <laughs> Just tried, and it was a goal of his to make to uh, recreate the nuclear explosion practically.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh,
2: um, well, I mean, he, he, the headline makes it seem like he's trying to make a, a nuclear explosion, but he, he just made a really big explosion, <laughs> uh, not a nuclear one. Um, but I just it, it, it was still made for a very humorous headline and uh, the people who shit their pants who don't actually read the articles. Uh,
1: <laughs> well they deserve to. Yes. Yes. Yes,
3: yes, yes. yes, indeed, indeed. Um now uh what besides the the director's commentary, uh does it have a lot of other good extras on that disc?
1: Uh I can't recall off the top of my head, but uh they did do a restoration uh for the four K. Um I don't know if that's the what's up on um, Amazon or not, but uh, on a disc it looks really good. for for some For something low budget made in the '80s, it looks really good. Nice, nice.
3: Um, now uh, Barry, you said you've seen this film.
4: I think I saw it way long ago when it came out. Um, that's I don't remember it, <laughs> so couldn't talk that's about it. it. Yeah.
3: All right. What about you, Mike? Uh, have you seen it recently? Oh,
2: I, I saw actually the funny thing is uh, when Pam and I went to the Scares of Care dinner down in uh, Virginia a couple of weeks ago, we get to the hotel room. Pam wanted to take a nap, and I so I watched that on my shutter app. Um, and she woke up just long enough to ask, Is that the Godfather guy? <laughs> That's <laughs> right, Frank yeah. Um. So this is a film. My father, I, was, I think I mentioned I mean, it. Before. Mike Gosser. Mike Gosser. My father had been in uh, commercial editing and. New York city and every now and then um, <clears throat> movies would make their ways through the office um, on, on his set. this is uh back before VHS or beta. This is old business three quarter inch machines or one inch machine, but uh, you can only fit like an hour of a, uh, on a videotape. Uh, but he would sometimes make copies and bring them home. And this was one of those. Uh, and so I, I'd, I'd actually had that as in my home library when I was a uh, when I was like eleven years old. And so I'd watched it many, many times. I loved that film. Uh I remembered relatively little about it because I hadn't seen it since, you know, I was at least in high school. Um and it became a lost film. You know, that was like one of these things that was just impossible to find. Uh going back to like when DVDs first started coming out, uh I remember like it was available apparently briefly, and then when I went to go buy it, it was ridiculously expensive because whatever, however it was originally printed, it was on a limited press and you couldn't find it anymore. It went out of, out of print. And it was like that for probably a good 15 years before, uh, uh, scream factory, uh, did their version, uh, this last year. So I was very, very happy to see that come out. I made sure I purchased that, uh, first thing. Uh, I, I think, look, John sales. If, uh, the, you know, the old saying in Hollywood, if you can make a good killer alligator movie, you've got it made. Um, you know, he, he really does knock it out of the park. It's a, it is obviously a Jaws ripoff as anything that is a nature horror movie of that era, uh, generally was, but while 90% of them are crap, uh, there were a couple that were good ones. And, uh, this was, this may be the best of them. Uh, the only one I might put up there might be Joe Dante's Piranha, but, um, yeah, this is, I, w- I was pleasantly surprised at how well it is whole held up over the years i took particular delight in the fact that the uh do you know who the very first victim was who was killed in new york city
3: sewers yeah the guy uh was not sydney Lassig, right the, the guy from no no no. It, oh the guy before that no who was that it was ed norton
2: ed norton for those who are fans of classic television ed norton was from the honeymooners was the guy who was uh played by art carney who worked in new york city sewers
3: now Ed Norton on the honeymoon is which character was that was that the, the that, best
2: was friend? Art, that was our that was our that yeah, was the friend that was our uh character Jackie Gleason's gotcha. best friend and he was a sewer worker and right, right. they and they kill him off in the beginning of Alligator and uh, no he, they don't get Art Carney to to reprise his role but it just feels to me like uh, you know Piranha 3D where they killed off Richard Driver at the beginning um, yeah. so here you have a monster alligator in the sewers of New York so they kill off the most famous New York City sewer worker and than, uh, at the time, which would have been outdoors, So I got a kick out of that. Um, but yeah, I, if you're a fan of nature horror and classic horror, it's certainly worth a watch. It's really well written, got some great dialogue in it, um, which you have to have because there's only so much killer alligator stuff you can squeeze into a two-hour movie. Um, and that's usually where these things fall apart. is like you're waiting around for the action to happen. And uh, it's the in, those in-between parts, how well do those sell? And I think that sells – the in-between stuff really works well in Alligator.
3: And uh, sp- speaking of uh, uh, Piranha, the, the original 1978 Dante film, uh, John Sales he wrote that one too. There you go. He has a type. Yes, yes, he does. The Academy Award winner. So it's just you know, a lot, a lot of these guys come out of common factories or wherever, and then they – they do pretty good, and uh, he's another one. Um, oh, and the visual effects for that movie were by? Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy, uh, Cranston. James Brian, Brian Cranston? Cran-
2: Cran- no, 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 James Cameron.
3: Oh, which one? Brana. Oh, right, 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 right. But but Brian Cranston, he, he, he worked on Alligator. He did the special effects for the oh. ex- the alligator exploding at the end. Right, 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 yeah. 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 So, but yeah, yeah James yeah. Cameron did Brana, that's correct.
2: Yeah, it's amazing how like all these guys. If you treat go back, you know, get their start in little, little tiny productions.
3: Yes, yes, that is true. That is true. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I enjoyed the film a lot. Uh, I would highly recommend it uh, for anybody who likes nature horror or monster, giant monster horror, or or uh, people getting eaten by by monsters or animals. Um, the, it's kind of cool because. Even though it's quote-unquote nature horror, it takes place in New York – not New York, uh, Chicago or or St. Louis or Kansas City or something. Uh, But it's in a big city that it takes place because there's an alligator that gets flushed down a toilet and then eats um, experiments. Basically, uh, there's these people who are experimenting on other animals.
1: Growth hormones.
3: Yeah, growth hormone. Yes. So it's, it's very horrible, uh, the, the torturing of, of animals. That's implied. We don't see any. And, and then the bodies are tossed into the sewers, and, and the alligator eats them, and then it becomes a giant sized.
2: Which also, I think, would put this under the category of urban legend horror, too.
3: Most certainly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Actually, I wonder if this came before the urban legend.
2: Yeah, all this is definitely playing off the old urban legend
3: it was okay yeah 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 so um that so that happened there so that was that was uh interesting so so it was kind of reminded me of that our uh inner city uh monster movies you know like chud and others you know they're all very different but but the griminess the sewers the the um the the violence that like where people literally get dismembered and ripped apart um, so it, it's, it's definitely, uh, plays up that old dirty, grungy inner city feel at points that, that we've seen in a lot of, of these horror films. Um, even mimic is another good example of that. And that's, that's even, uh, much newer of a film than, than oh, and this is definitely
2: when New York city was, was an absolute
3: shithole. Um,
2: before times square got renovated and Disneyfied and you take pictures with SpongeBob and, no, this is this is this was, this was classic, like uh, Death Wish, New York City.
3: Right, right, right. Now, yeah, now in Times Square you can go to Madame Tussauds and and get a picture with Taylor Swift, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had to throw my Taylor. Now, like when I
2: took school trips down there, and you'd wander the block and
3: have your close
2: <laughs> of pimps and junkies and whores.
3: So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's much different. I I, I walked like the three and a half miles of that yeah. whole stretch from subway to, uh, upper West side, uh, to meet a buddy of mine for, for dinner when I was there to see uh Lola Kirk concert earlier this summer. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just a tourist trap now. It's not, it's not dirty at all. I mean, it's dirty like any city, but it's not dirty as in grungy and pornography and all that crap, hookers and junkies and shit uh you also get to see painted naked ladies too because that's legal in new york so it's kind of interesting um but yeah so uh i recommend uh i enjoyed it um and it's now off my bucket list uh it's fun movie uh any final thoughts anybody want to say anyone
1: good movie watch it if you haven't
3: there you go and you have to oh yeah go on back no go ahead
4: you go and finish that
3: thought uh, I was just gonna say, uh, and I would recommend. I, I assume um, uh, Eric, you would recommend the the, the 4K.
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, oh, if well, you if you if you have a 4K setup, um, this is this is a good restoration. Um, and also, if you just appreciate it when companies take these older movies and put them back into print, uh, use your wallet to vote, support the by the disc.
2: Absolutely, and the number of movies that are just getting kind of dumped on release. New movies don't get good releases. Um, yeah, it is all. up to these niche uh, studios or whatever they are, uh, like Chow Factory and Severn Films, and Boutique and Vinegar Syndrome, uh, Arrow Films that, that really put out these wonderful collected editions. And then I'm not saying go buy things just to buy them, but if, you're, if you like having those physical media, if you are a fan of these films, then uh, th- there's no harm in, in thanking them by giving them a little money. Um, you, you can get it at a, uh, I think probably like seventeen ninety nine right now on on Amazon, which is not bad. Um, and there are certain titles that when I see them, especially ones that have been long out of print like this, that I've wanted for a while, I I make sure I pre order them because I want them to keep coming.
3: Sure, sure. And Mike, do you have this one on on I the do. disc? Oh, you do have the four K on this one. Oh, I ordered it day one. Yes, Gotcha. And do you have a four K setup at your house? Yes, I do. Nice, nice. All right, sounds good, uh, Barrett. you were gonna say something?
4: Oh, just that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it again. I, you know, it was so long ago, I don't remember it, and now I'm now you've brought the excitement back. So I'm. Gonna, I think I'm gonna pick up the 4K version. It's like twenty six ninety nine on Amazon right now.
3: Yeah, yeah, because it comes with uh, a bunch of discs too. The Blu-ray with it comes
1: it with the uh, Blu-ray and 4K. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna get it. Um, Couple of weeks ago, and then I almost bought it like two months ago. Um, so maybe now I'll pick it up. Uh, even even though I don't have four K, uh, the Blu Ray version will, will be pr- pretty solid.
1: Oh, it's got uh, all com- the uh, all the features listed here on Amazon. There's a bunch of interviews, uh, the cast and crew.
3: Oh, how about that? That's pretty awesome. Nice. Um, yeah. And what company releases that? Is that Blue Underground or Synapsis? That Shout Factory or Screen oh, it's Factory? Oh, Shout Factory. Oh, Screen mm-hmm. Factory. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, so we can move on to our next uh, person here, and that would be Mike. Okay. Oh, Mike, so uh, Mike. Mike. I almost yeah. did the Night of the Hunter. That was another one I almost chose, but again, I felt that oh. was too dark, and I decided to go with a fun film. Weirdly so, yeah. enough, that 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 does connect to the movie I chose.
2: Oh. Um, in a roundabout way. So I wanted to watch something uh, last year. I think I did North by Northwest if I remember correctly.
3: Yes, yes, you did that uh, last
2: question. And, last I, 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 and, and I did, I've done Night of the Hunter, and I did um, Touch of Evil, and I did Tarantula one year. I wanted to go back to something older, and uh, something maybe a little bit more classic horror. Uh, and I thought I wanted to go do something uh, old and dark and spooky. And I thought, you know, I've seen a lot of the old universal monster films, but there's a lot of the universal horror films that I have not seen. Uh, Like I'll say a lot of the Val Luton films, I have not caught, even though I own them on disc. I haven't gotten around to watching them yet. Again, part of the reason I wanted to do this whole episode thing on an annual basis. Um, Now, for my money, the very best of the Universal monster films uh, have one thing in common, and that is Frankenstein, Brighter, Frankenstein, Invisible Man, and that's they were all directed by James Whale. And so I went with a James Whale directed film called Old, Old Dark House. And uh, this is a film I didn't even know existed until uh, the uh, uh, hard cetera. I don't remember if it was Horror in Black and White or a Haunted House episode that they did. Uh, but this that means I, I remember them reviewing it. And I actually was one of the very first digital purchases I ever made was a digital purchase of all Dark House, which I then never got around to watching because uh, it was only like 99 cents uh, because it was, you know, I don't know if it's public domain or, or, or what have you. Um, so yeah, so this is a, like a template for, uh, scary haunted house movies, even though it's spoiler warning, not a haunted house. Uh, the couple driving through the storm in the middle of the night is forced to stop at a big old dark house with a eccentric wealthy family living there with a creepy Butler. Um, basically it's the setup to Rocky Horror Picture Show and, so many other things. Um, certainly, if you're a fan of the the stories like Rats in the Wall or um, Fall of The House of Bush, or anything, there's certain similarities to those too. Um, I got to be honest, I don't know that this movie aged as well as some of the others, and that's a thing when you go back to 1932, as I believe when this came out. Um, James Whale. Uh, i still think directed fairly well, not a lot of camera motion in this, which he did use more than most of his contemporaries back then. Uh, but he keeps things moving at a brisk pace. The movie's only about 70 minutes long. So not only did I have time today to watch the movie, I got to find a, a a historical commentary track on YouTube by his biographer and watch that too. So thanks to Phil pushing the uh, podcast back by 30 minutes. Um, it is, uh, stars, bars Karloff, um, is the main, uh, person you would recognize, uh, he stars as the, uh, as the, the butler for manservant or, uh, Mor- the character's name is Morgan, who by the way, apparently inspired, uh, Charles Adams, uh, when he was depicting the, uh, butler for, uh, his family and his cartoons, uh, who of course then became Lurch. Uh, but also as Charles Lawton, who would one day go on to direct Night of the Hunter. And I think this was, if not his, one of his first, if not his first, uh, American film, uh, Gloria Stewart, who you may remember as the, uh, old lady from, um, uh, from Titanic. Uh, so yeah, it had a hell of a cast for the time. Um, it's just a very weird story. Because it's a lot of people sitting around, talking around, talking, being weird. The the actual threat of the film doesn't surface until about 50 minutes in. And this is a movie that is, again, only about 70 minutes long. Um, there are certainly some weird sexually things coded in there. James Whale uh, is infamously uh, almost was homosexual. Um, apparently he and Boris had some Relationship issues on the set and uh, stopped talking to each other for a bit.
3: Oh, what are you uh, talking about, Boris Gala?
2: Apparently, yeah. Oh,
3: um, I've never heard that rumor before.
2: Okay, fair um,
3: enough.
2: Apparently, they they played some games. Um, mm-hmm. Anyhow, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, um, I just read that there were issues, and I was trying to find out exactly what was co- what was the cause of the fight, and there were some relationship issues. Apparently, I, I have no idea like just where exactly on the spectrum Karloff stood. Um, But yeah, apparently we all kind of like to abuse Karloff a bit, Um, whether it's playful or or whatnot. I don't know. But anyhow, um, so yeah, it's certainly dark and gothic and moody. You can see elements that are used in films, you know, kind of to this day. Uh, But it's just a very bizarre story. And, um, like I said, I don't know that it all holds up. It's just the structure of the story doesn't quite work. There's really not any tension. There's a lot of humor in it, although it's fairly dated humor. Um, And I'm not really sure what else to to say about the film besides its legacy. Uh, Like I said, it's brisk. It's well-directed. It was not well-received at the time. It's gotten more of a loyal following. Since then, uh, it's one of those things where all the New York critics loved it and the audiences stayed away in droves, Um, absolutely bombed apparently in Los Angeles, but England liked it. It's based on a uh, British novel that was called *The Benighted, but it was Old Dark House in the United States, and it is something of a satirical critique of of, uh, class system, and that may be one of the reasons it didn't succeed very well in the United States because we don't have the same class issues that they do in England. Um, and so maybe it didn't translate quite as well, but, um, I don't know. I said, there's some stuff that's there to enjoy. I'm glad I saw it. I don't know that I'm ever
3: going to watch it again. All right. Very good. Yeah. I'm I'm looking it up, dude. I, I can't find it, but, but it says here, many people enjoy sharing rumors about the sexuality and sexual orientation of celebrities. We don't know for a fact whether Boris Karloff was gay, bisexual or straight. However, feel free to vote. Vote? Well, that is the kind of thing that we, we should don't all
1: get vote. vote on people's sexuality. <laughs> no, oh,
3: on, on what
2: you oh, thought. So, I don't know. Oh, you, so you don't want to know where you stand on the, the podcaster sexuality
4: webpage? <laughs> 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 uh, well, either, either way.
3: Please vote. Uh,
4: either
2: I way, know, that's, I know Boris is weird. dying to find out. He's like, what am I? I know.
3: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I know it's this weird page about facts, and then they add, they have a poll for that. It says, "What's your yeah, opinion?" and, you it, it's, and it's, it.
2: it's alluded to in "Gods and Monsters." Apparently, the uh, yeah, the, the bio uh, picture, uh, the bio about James Whale with Brendan Fraser and uh, Ian McKellen that came out
3: in like '98 or so. Yeah. Um. Okay. I saw that, but I don't remember that scene. That's interesting.
2: A lot of mental health individuals in this. Um, the uh, the, the head of the household, um, uh, Ernest Dessinger is basically, I think a stand in for whale because, uh, is, would also play Dr. Pretorius in Bride of Frankenstein, uh, was also homosexual, but apparently fairly out on, as, as you're going to be at that time, about as out as homosexual as you could be in 1932. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you get this weak, man that's his own description for himself he's that he's not very strong um he was dominated by his sister um you know still living at home with his with his sister and his brother and father so you could certainly see where there was coding going on for that time that he may have been uh uh okay. as a homosexual character but again it was 1932 you couldn't be very blatant with that the sister herself you know is describing the uh beautiful traits of uh of uh, Lillian Bond uh the, the lead actress in the film uh and about her own sister and you know how she was always entertaining men and but she never did you know so there's real questions there about you know was she a lesbian um not the the character uh but they're not going to come right out and, and say these things
3: Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of rumors about a lot of the folks back then, whether they're true or not. We, we don't know. I do know
2: the, the characters. And again, maybe this was not intended in the novel, oh, the but, yeah, right. but certainly James Whale, being a gay man uh, yeah. in at that period of time making the film, it would not shock me if he put these little uh, touches in there. Uh,
3: right.
2: Right. Yeah, like
3: but Boris Karloff, I believe it or not, I had no idea, I'm looking right around reading about, six wives he's had, it's crazy, um, also, uh, he was one of my mother's favorite actors of all time, and he plays the Grinch, we watched that the other night, with the kids, yeah. him
2: and, uh, Carl Ravenscroft, who, uh, was the voice, that's uh, right, he sang, yep, he sang, that's, that's that, why, that's why the Grinch likes to say, they're great,
3: yeah, so, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, Ravencroft. What, did he actually do a voice in that show, in Grinch, too? Do you know? he He's uh, the one who sang your mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yeah, I knew he did the song, yeah. Um, so you, this is a, a film that – let me ask you this, because we know Whale's films, uh, good or not, um, and just a lot of films from that era, especially before uh, soundtracks um, – and Eric mentioned it often in in the past. Why? Why? And I'm, I hope I'm not speaking out of line by saying this, Eric, because I swear this is what you said. Um, those type of films back in that era, a lot of them were really just like stage plays rather than movies. In other words, they were they're like it's all like staged, and it's just a camera filming the stage rather I, than. I have
1: movies. said that. I might say it again.
3: Yeah. There you go. So my question, <laughs> Mike, is this like that? where it has those issues of that era of filmmaking where it was transitioned from to film. And a lot of times back then film was kind of like a stage production that was just films because it wasn't. Uh,
2: it, it, it certainly has that feel like a lot of things do from back then, you know, like even Dracula was more an adaptation of the stage play than it was the, uh, yeah,
1: that's true. Novel.
2: Um, the main set is there's you know dining room with a set of stairs behind it, and it does feel like a, a classic theatrical set. Um, there are other rooms you go to, you go to other floors, you have other locations, but it's it's predominantly uh, set in you know a bunch of people sitting around at a dinner table or in a in a living room with a fireplace, so you can easily see this being a stage play. Sure, I think sure. Whale does a much better job. Like I think that one of the weaknesses of, of Browning's Dracula is that if feels like, you know, it's a solitary camera, a lot of medium and long distance shots. Whale is very good at using the, you know, like he's filming a play where I think Weld does a good job of using and inventing, in some cases, the language of cinema uh, and using, you know, jump cuts and, and you know, close ups, um, editing techniques, moving the camera to, to, to start moving it, treating it more like its own unique uh, medium rather than just filming a live play but there's certainly elements of it and of course all these actors are coming out of a theatrical um origin now also good in it especially charles lawton kind of to me charles lawton kind of steals the show um you have um oh who are the names of the other actors uh to me charles lawton just plays a guy who's uh basically obsessed with making money for the purposes of revenge on wealthy people who like belittled his, his deceased wife. Um, uh, Melvin Douglas is uh Penderel is sort of the male lead. Uh, but Ernest Thessinger is the, the sort of the head of the household. And then uh, Rember Willis uh, remember Willis rather plays the final psychopathic member of the family. Uh, and when he first appears, he feels very normal, but he does such a wonderful job of like playing a normal person rather than a behavioral health individual. You're like, oh, he's not really much of a, a crazy person, and and then he does descend into being a crazy person and does a really convincing job of it uh, of that transformation. So um, like I said, there's some really nice performances given the the, the, the styles of the time, right? There's, you're not going to confuse anybody there with being you know a uh, you know post Brando method actor or something. But um, sure, sure. yeah, I said, there's uh, good elements, there's interesting things. It's interesting from a historical point of view. But if I compared this to Frankenstein, Bride, Invisible Man, I, I can't put it quite in that same category. Wolfman. Uh, Wolfman, I don't put
3: in the same category either. Oh, my God. That's the best one of all. Best film ever. Anyway, um, uh, speaking of speaking of um, um, sexuality, Charles Lydon, he was a homosexual. No, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's well I mean, known that he was there's, married there's, to Elsa Lancaster, but it was just so people wouldn't, you know, the public wouldn't know type of thing.
2: I mean, I don't want to stereotype here, but pretty much anybody that's involved in theater, I kind of start with the assumption you're homosexual. Uh yeah, all right, more, that's fair. I'm um, more surprised to find out you're not. It's just, uh, sure. It just, it just, it just is a, is a, it's a stereotype. It's a trope, but it's a trope for a reason.
3: I do have a question for you, Mike. Uh, Obviously this film got a lot of play. Again, you mentioned horror, et cetera, did a a talk on the film uh, because it got re released uh, with a lot of box sets by, uh, with the universal uh, horror films, as well as Boris Karloff um, box sets and stuff all from when universal really released all their films back about 10 years ago. And, um, what i read about it back then when it came out on disc uh was and the reason i didn't purchase it even though i purchased a lot of them was because i heard that it really wasn't a horror film is that true i mean i know what you said tonight but but for some reason some some critics were saying well it's not it really a horror it like a haunted
2: film. house film but there's there's no ghosts there's no sign of any ghosts yeah horror you know horror in 2022 probably had a very different different look than horror in 1932
1: um you know it's a 90 year old
2: film um but. you do have a you have a home with filled with crazy family members You have a killer in it um yeah there you go you have people who are or who, are, who, are, who not everyone maybe not everyone will survive at least someone's going to there's at least murder or attempted murder in it um and it was intended to unsettle viewers but it was also james whale who likes to keep his tongue firmly in cheek when he's making his films too. Um,
3: I I knew this was the film when you said James Whale, because I knew he's only has a handful of films before he got basically tossed um, from Hollywood for some, some possible indiscretions, uh, which, which would be considered me too, but for homosexuals instead of um, women. But when he got tossed, um, he only had like four or five films and I know you've always talked about his other films. So I knew when you said James wheel, it was going to be this film. And so you're probably the first and only person on the podcast that I've seen it. So
2: it's, um, I, I would point out that this is a movie because it was not well received. Um, it got one re-release in the 1930s. It did like when they, when Universal sold their monster films uh, to TV station, there's a package, which is how many of us ended up seeing them. Uh, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, this was not one of them. Uh, they lost the rights to the novel, and that was picked up by Hammer, who did what Hammer does and made their own version, which I am now curious to see what that looks like. Same title? Uh, uh, I think it's the same title, and it was like 1963. So they basically like relinquished, the, the gave up on the film in 1958
3: yeah, or William, so. Actually, William lost Castle the did it. William Castle did it.
2: Um, yeah. And then, and having recently watched *The Tingler*, um, I'm really curious uh, to see what Castle would have done with it. Um, yeah, 1963. It was a movie that was assumed to be out of print, uh, and then one of well, I guess I think it was one of Whale's friends who actually found the a negative somewhere. Um, it was, but it was for a long time considered to be a lost film. So it kind of ties in a little bit there with *Alligator*, which was out of print for a long time, but. Uh, yeah, it, it just was sort of the, the redheaded stepchild of, of, uh, of the, the universal horror films, because again, it was it was considered a disappointment at the time. Um, got Mixed reviews from the critics, the audiences just absolutely did not care for it, uh, apparently, at least in the United States.
3: Um, based based on uh, *Benighted* by J. B. Press- Priestley. That's the novel, and and right. the movie poster is one of the best. I love that movie poster.
2: Yeah, and uh, one of the trivial bits I read is that back in 1991, it sold the movie poster, sold at auction as like for the highest that amount that any movie poster had ever sold for. I'm sure that it is since uh, been out sold because you know that was 30 years ago because we're old.
3: Right, indeed, indeed. Yeah, the, it was. Uh, uh, and that movie poster, is that like one of the last original ones or, or actually the, the the main version that was used for the reprint? Do you know? I, that I don't know. Gotcha. Now, uh, Barrett, have you ever heard about this film and uh, or have you seen it?
4: I have never heard or seen this film.
3: Heard of or seen. Gotcha. And what about you, Eric? Uh, have you ever heard of this film or seen it?
1: Nope. Never heard of it before tonight.
3: Yeah, very well. Um, all right. Uh, anything else? Anybody wanted to talk about uh, Old Dark House? All right. Sounds good. So uh, we go to the next person in line, and that's you,
1: Eric. All Um I chose a film that's older as well, not quite as old as Mike's. Um, but I chose a movie um, that if it's not the first, it's one of the first uh, evil child movies. Uh, and Mike will tell you that's a redundant term. Uh, <laughs> evil child. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went with 1956's the black, the bad seed.
3: I almost chose that last year. Holy shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd never seen it and decided it was time to get it under my belt. Um, I was, I was, I was laughing my ass off on mute earlier, Phil, uh, when you're, when you're recording my thing about, uh, the seeming the movie seeming like a stage play yeah, yeah because this movie right here is the ultimate example of that um the bad seed was actually an adaptation of a screenplay that was adapted from a novel or not a screenplay sorry a play a broadway play um so not only did they adapt the play but they got the same cast uh, that had been on broadway um it had a successful run uh for 300 some odd showings and um the director mervin leroy um got all most of the same people to come reprise their roles for the movie um and for for some reason uh there's even a, a trivia note here about how uh the uh the dude doing the tmc uh interview for this Um, was talking about how disappointed he was that the director didn't do more to get the actors to tone down their, their stage performance in this movie because they're just doing the same thing they did on the stage. Um, Which when you're not trying to reach people who are sitting 300 feet away from you uh, makes everything look grossly exaggerated and unrealistic. So uh, in that manner, Uh, this movie uh, hit uh, like all my bugaboos with older movies um, because it was indeed basically a reproduction of a stage play and intentionally. So Um, however, the play was very successful as was this movie. Um, It was nominated for four Oscars. It didn't win any, but it was nominated uh, and uh, the lead actress did win a golden globe. So, um, I'll pause here to ask if anybody else has seen this movie.
3: Well, I have not. Uh, like I said, I, I almost chose it last year, and it was the very last film that was cut from my choice simply because it's an hour and 29-minute film, and I wanted a shorter film, and that's why I didn't choose it last year, and I chose whatever film I chose instead, yeah. and I can't even remember. Uh, so I've not seen it now.
1: Uh, Mike Barrett? I
4: have not
3: either. Uh I've not seen
2: it. It's one of those on my on my list and that might be a choice one here. Um <laughs> but yeah, I, okay. but basically I've heard what you're saying, which is why I've never been in a rush to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the the I, certainly it's the 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 grandmother of the uh, evil child films, but uh mm-hmm. uh I think it's probably been done better since then.
1: Probably, well, and here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm going to try and keep this spoiler-free since none of y'all have seen it yet, because um, it's 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 not all bad. Um, there, it, there's some moments <laughs> in, in in the movie which are uh, particularly when the uh, I'll I'll read the synopsis here. Um, from IMDb. It says, uh, Rhoda Penmark seems like your average sweet eight year old girl. When her rival at school dies in a mysterious circumstances at the l- school picnic, her mother starts to suspect that Rhoda was responsible. Um, and w- one of the things that's, um, kind of a, a, a I found it tiresome, uh, in this movie is there is a long discussion. Like at the beginning of the movie, all the adults are sitting around talking And like one of them is really in the Freud and psychoanalysis. And um, they get into this whole uh, discussion about different uh, maladies that people suffer from, uh, which leads into a discussion about uh, nature versus nurture. And all of it I found incredibly boring, uh, but may have been like new on the scene in 1950, whatever. Um I have no idea. I, I did not have time to research that. <laughs> but they 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 clearly wanted to explain it to the audience uh who at the time probably didn't know about all that. I already knew about all that, so I found it a little bit tiresome myself. Um but there are some moments when the uh little girl uh goes off the rails a little bit, uh which is uh kind of awesome. <laughs> I was thinking to myself when I was watching this, man, because they say uh, out loud in the movie that this girl is eight years old. And uh, I was thinking to myself, man, that girl looks really big for an eight-year-old. Well, turns out the actress that they had, uh, when she started the role on Broadway, she was eight years old. (laughs) But then by the time they got around to doing the movie, she was ten. Um, So they did try and do some visual stuff to make her look younger, uh, like putting her in an oversized dress and the way they did her hair. But it didn't really work, in my opinion. Um, This movie and the one Mike chose make me want to do some research on the history of movie ratings. Um, Because the one he chose... (laughs) It was it was pre MPAA, so the the old Dark House was rated past, <laughs> and the Bad Sea is rated approved. <laughs> so I, I need to hmm. I need to look up uh, pre MPAA ratings and find out what yeah. the hell all that means, because um, I'm I'm unfamiliar.
2: oh but back then uh, they just had the because the historian that I was listening to the commentary track talked about it was, it was the, the haze code and
1: yeah and Hays, yeah and i don't understand Or how her
2: postmaster was. and you basically submitted it and they just said yeah this is a, to the a panel of three judges uh and they just said yeah this is fine they i, I know that the panel of three judges really liked uh, old dark house mm-hmm. um there is everything there is, is subtle there's very little that's overt uh, in terms of discussion of, of sexuality, and certainly violence is, mm-hmm. you know, somebody you know some fighting, but that's that's about it. Nothing you couldn't have seen in an episode of Gunsmoke. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it's it's anything subversive would have been very very thickly veiled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there's anything that they would have really objected to outside of being a little spooky.
1: Well, and I'll give the bad seed credit for wanting to have an awesome ending they weren't allowed to um back then (laughs) there there was a point in this movie where for about 30 seconds i was like oh my god this is the best ending ever (laughs) but then the movie kept on going for another 10 15 minutes after that um and undid what i thought they did um so that, that was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, the end credits of this movie are very strange because um, they pulled so much directly from the play that they also did a curtain call uh, at the end of the movie. Although, you know, uh, since they're doing it on a set on a stage, each uh, there was an announcer uh, that would announce the name of each actor and they would come present themselves in the doorway and then at the very end, uh, the last one to be called is the woman who plays the mother, um, who, who, after she takes her bow, uh, then goes over to find um, the girl in Rhoda uh, on the couch and put her over her knee and starts spanking her. And they took that directly from the curtain call from the play. The play had a different ending than the movie, so it doesn't really make much sense. Um, <laughs> for, for the movie um, because um, just because of the way things end in the play um, they felt it was necessary to show the girl getting some form of punishment for the audience to not leave completely angry um, whereas uh, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense at the end of the movie but they did it anyway because I guess this guy was just so set on uh, taking the taking the broadway play and putting it on film so i'm not gonna say this is a bad movie because it's not um i think it's uh i think it's notable in in the history of horror movies you know the first evil kid movie uh it's worth checking out if you haven't seen it yet um but i'm probably not gonna watch it again because just the presentation of the movie itself i found a little off-putting for all the reasons i've already said
2: you know what they call all those movies that came out before then that that featured non-evil children? Lies. Unrealistic. Lies. (laughs)
1: Lies. (laughs) Lies. All lies. (laughs) So the bad seed, I will say was probably really good for when it came out. Um, It is what almost it's let's say 65 years old at this point. Yeah, it's, uh, it's old and you, and you can tell, uh, movies aren't made like that anymore and there's a reason.
3: All right, sounds good.
2: Um so what's anybody- interesting is Back Eric on. that's that's a movie from what did you say 1954, 53, something like that?
1: The the play started in 54, the movie came out in 56.
2: Okay, so that is still two decades after uh uh the Old Dark House. Now Old Dark House for comparison that was um 31 was, uh, it was 32, 31 was Frankenstein, 30 was Dracula, something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. They
2: were like just one year apart each. And from Dracula to Frankenstein, you introduce score. And then by 33, you've got King Kong, which I think is the first actual full score for a film. So the films are evolving. It's just weird that, a, that they're still doing it in that style 20 years later.
1: Well, and an interesting note is that I think, I don't know when, when, when did the Wizard of Oz come out?
3: 37, 38, uh, obviously. 39, down in color. something like that, yeah.
1: Okay. Because uh, I noticed when I was looking at the uh, the listing on IMDb for our, the award nominations, uh, one of the Oscars it was nominated for uh, was Best Cinematography, comma, Black and White. So apparently, even at this point, uh, They were still distinguishing black and white in color uh, for that, at least as far as the nominations go, which I thought was kind of interesting.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, And when was the stage play again, Eric? I missed the date that you said. Fifty four. Okay. And this movie came out what year? Two years later. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, Anything else anybody wanted to discuss about this film? Anything? Anyone? All right, fair enough. Alright, so we now have Barrett.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Oh oh on a
3: side note, Eric almost chose Suspiria, and you probably should have. Oh sorry. Anyway. Okay, anyway, hey, Phil. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. I said it for you. so yeah. No, no, no. That, that was fine. I almost chose this film myself, Eric. Now I don't know if I will next year. <laughs> But thanks for taking the bullet. I guess even if it was a good film, it just—I understand the concerns that you mentioned
1: about it.
4: Yeah, I
3: yeah, have a hard time with older, notably films. old. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard
4: time with older films anyway. So it's yeah, it's good to know.
3: <laughs> yeah, indeed. Just, a, just right, as uh, a
2: reminder, movies that you consider to be contemporary, my students consider to be old films. Yeah, and well, I understand I, I'll,
3: that. I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, alligator is 42 years old. Yes, it is. Oh, God, shoot me. I know that is nuts. If you get within range,
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what's your range for firing?
1: Mike's Mike's <laughs> here to help.
4: <laughs> in hitting something. <laughs> um, it's been a long so, time. Yeah. So my r- movie is probably the most recent of anybody's. Um, I watched The Train to Busan um, because I have never seen it before. I know it was probably done on um, Dark Discussions. Uh, It's a zombie film. Uh, Eric and everybody else knows that I'm not big on subtitles. So I tried to push myself out there with something that, you know, was holding me back from seeing it. And because it's supposed to be a really good zombie flick. Um, So this came out in 2016. Um, I don't recognize any of the actors except one of them who was in the Eternals. I recognized him. I had to look it up because I couldn't quite remember. Um, and that was, let's see, what is his name? I can find it. Kiong. I can't find his name in here right now. But anyway, um, so the guy from the Eternals. And then everybody else is unknown to me. Um I really like this film. I thought it was a really well-done zombie film. Um there are some inconsistencies I think with the zombies themselves and the the rules that they kind of established from the beginning seem a little bit malleable as the film goes on. But it's not enough to really take away from the film. It's still a really fun fun zombie flick and it's it's not a happy film. <laughs> Most everybody dies. Um, and the two people who do live, you're glad when they do live, uh, the people you want to die do die. And, uh, yeah, it was just very enjoy, enjoyable. And I really liked how the zombies were created, like the way they would go into convulsions and then do this ripping, twisting. And when they would fall, they'd break limbs, but they'd still be coming after people, um, And there is one scene in this movie that I just really loved where all the zombies are grabbing a hold of a train that's moving, and it's just a horde of zombies in a collection dragged behind the train. Uh, I thought that scene was just really cool. So that's the movie I saw.
3: Now, uh, Barrett, let me ask you this. Uh, um, You said you missed it. Uh, Why was that? It was just, I know you're not into foreign. I mean, you know, subtitles, not necessarily farm. Yeah. Farm, it's subtitles, it's
4: subtitles that, that gets me. Um, I have a really hard time with them unless it's a very, a movie that pulls me in really good. I get distracted by the subtitles and miss parts of the movie. Um, there's, you know, I'm getting better about it, uh, as you guys get me to watch more and more subtitled movies. Um, so I'm trying to get out there more and see more of these foreign films.
3: And, um, uh, Compared to other zombie films, where would you rank it?
4: I'd rank it at the top. I think that it's one of the better zombie films out there. It just, it's very claustrophobic, but then it also goes outside of the train. Uh, Some of the things just as the zombie, there's one scene where the zombies are like coming like a wave down the, down the train. And it kind of reminded me of World War Z as the zombies were climbing up the wall in, in uh, Israel in that movie. It reminded right. me of that, but in a much more confined spot. So it just looked really cool as they did that. Um, I'm not sure how they did some of these effects, but they were really well done.
2: Yeah, it's funny because I don't. ever since Train to Busan came out, I don't think I've heard the fast zombies versus slow zombies argument. Um, and I certainly heard it when World War Z came out a year or two before that. Um, and that kind of, I think, just finally shut people up.
4: i I hope so because i don't mind like i don't think we have permanent lore around any of these creatures things can change and things can be (laughs) made more interesting yeah it's all fictional so this whole argument about fast or slow zombies drives me insane it's just a story it may not have anything to do with another zombie story so right to
2: me it's like do you prefer a, a wolfman type werewolf or a uh, a wolf like werewolf you know or do you prefer your your vampire be savage creatures or do you prefer them like your your classic dracula suave and sexy um it's it's a, it's variations on a theme but it's all bullshit it's all made up yeah um and and even even Romero zombies weren't intended to be zombies when he made them anyway so <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's also and and see for me I I always uh I'm very cautious when you talk about best of and you said, you know, you put this at the top. I, I I, really you recognize the the problem of recency bias and to assume that the most recent thing you saw is the most awesome thing ever. Uh, right. This is one of the few uh, movies where it was like, you know, as soon as I saw it, I, was like, I, have, I really have no, no problem with somebody putting it on the top of their zombie movie list, even though it is a film that even still is less than 10 years old. Um, it's still, you know, very recent, but it is absolutely a classic. It still holds up. Uh I last saw it uh at AMC last year when they were doing their uh, secret viewings. So you didn't know what movie hmm. was gonna be airing. You just paid five dollars oh, to cool. go see a horror movie and you didn't know what it was gonna be, and it was trained to Basan. And it was like and and so I got to see it with an audience in a theater that had many of whom had never seen it before. Uh and yeah, it's just that, that was phenomenal. It's just it is and you know when you're going into it, they don't know that they're coming into see sub- subtitles either. So you could just really piss an audience off by doing that. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh but that was that was an absolute blast. And what I love is that they, they really everybody gets their own little story arc, right? Like think about like the, there there's an obvious oh. main character and him and his daughter, but like this I think like the sisters um the 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 working man and and his uh pregnant wife um there's the the was it the salary man the boss you know who's a bit of a dick Um, yeah everybody gets well everybody has an arc
1: and 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 mike that's a that's a perfect segue for me to jump in with what i was going to say uh about this movie which is that it's a perfect example of something i've long believed um which is that um the, the best horror movies are the ones that make you care about the characters. Yep. Um, right. Um, cause if you don't, if you don't have any feelings positive or negative about these characters, Ooh, there's a bunch of zombies, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> schools are scary. Sure. Um, but you know, there's no stakes. Um, Whereas as Barry was saying, there's a bunch of people that you don't like in this movie and there's a bunch of people that you like in this movie and you're absolutely uh, choosing sides, uh, uh, rooting for them during the movie. And that that doesn't happen if you don't care about the characters and if they're not done well and fleshed out um, in a manner which makes the audience engaged. Um, so I think that's uh, as, as well as having scary zombies um, that aspect of the movie is what really makes us stand out above a lot of the other zombie movies. And
3: you know that what brings also, up me, well I was just say that to add with Eric that made me enjoy the film a lot too, besides the awesome zombies, the horror, the the the, the stories and and the, about the characters, whatever. Is um the characters that you become attached to, um like like the tough guy and obviously, the father, you know they, everybody's kind of flawed characters, but and and and, and no one's really like like people are acting who they are they I mean obviously the the tough guy is kind of superheroish here and there at a point, but not really and and so no, there's no like true superheroes, which I liked about the film as well, and when people did get bit, it was devastating because I really like these characters a lot. Exactly.
1: Well, there's one yeah. in particular towards the end of the movie. I'll, I'll admit it. I teared up, um, because yeah. they did it so well. Um, when one of our protagonists gets bitten towards the end of the movie, um, yeah. you, you get to watch him lose the last, uh, the last moment of his humanity, um, before he becomes a zombie and dies, um, or at least becomes a zombie. I'm assuming he dies eventually, <laughs> uh, But yeah, and and that doesn't work if you don't give a shit about the guy. Um, So yeah, it was really well done.
4: Well, and that's where subtitles kind of, if the movie's not done well enough, that's where I have a harder time with subtitled movies is caring for the characters. And this one was just so well done that it didn't affect that for me because they made you like these characters so much or hate these characters so much. Either way, I had strong feelings for pretty much every character that made it through towards the end, you know,
1: so, mm-hmm. that's yeah. interesting, Barry, cause I actually have the opposite problem. Um, uh-huh. I find the, the actor's original performance, whether or not I understand what they're saying for me, um, generally conveys the feeling better than an overdub, which is why I don't mind reading the subtitles and getting that original emotional performance from the actor on the screen. Hmm.
4: Interesting.
3: <sighs> Yep. yeah. I mean, I mean, all... for me,
4: is
2: I. Yeah. Sorry. On, I have a harder time with English movies with English subtitles, um, which because Pam has uh, hearing loss, we I often have to watch things in English with yeah, the yeah. subtitles turned on, well, and I could find be them weird because strax- sometimes
1: they don't match. Right. Well, there's
2: the, <laughs> that's not that's not the issue. It's just I find myself reading the film instead of watching it, and I don't need to. Um,
1: oh, that's a pain in the ass. So, I agree. Uh, oh, uh, not, so
2: that yeah. distracts me. Yeah, um, same, here. same here. So I try to keep the subtitles on like the smallest font possible and as translucent as possible, so that it's like so not Pam like has to sit right in my face. Front of the screen? <laughs> yeah, kind <laughs> of. But then, like when she gets the chance to control, they're like you know size forty-eight font. You know, uh, uh, and probably and
3: pink or green, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's like oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. see so For for me, um, subtitle. I mean, uh, dubbed. It's never really been a problem because I mean, like Mike, I grew up on all those Godzilla and and Chinese Hong Kong karate films and and Italian horror films that are, that were all um, dubbed anyway, uh, intentionally for every audience. Um, so they they had a English, they have Italian, they have a Greek, that you know, on and on, and so that never bothered me. Uh, but um, uh, for this film here, I, I know what you're talking about, Eric, which is. Um, and you too, Barrett, that it, uh, it's so well done the acting i mean a great career obviously has a lot of great filmmakers and actors and actresses and even though it's subtitled um like you said barrett you could you could feel the emotions that's going on uh, without really being confused and as you said eric generally when it's the original language anyway you can you can usually feel it and, and and how the actors are really acting. Well, in some subtitled films, it can be difficult because you don't know necessarily. But but here, this film here, I don't think there was any problems at all, and you could get the the. Aspect. I think it
2: helps that it's also an, an, a very actiony film. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, so you're not watching uh, Waiting for Godot or uh, My Dinner with Andre. You're right; it's not something that's very dialogue
4: heavy
3: that yeah. you're going to
4: end up
2: right that a,
3: it matters right that's a good point it's
4: man. a very smart film too i mean which is also what brings it above a lot of other films the way they go through each of the cars to get yeah. to some of the people is very different each car they have to cho- you know figure out a different way to get through it
1: and It's I almost really the, like the video game structure right almost yeah yeah
3: yeah, yeah. 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 or a sewer sewer film or sewer video game or yeah exactly video game structure period yeah yeah Excellent, excellent uh, analogy.
4: And all of their methods were unique and interesting. So it, w- it was fun to watch and see what they were going to come up with. Th- but there was still danger there. there. You know, nothing was foolproof. They still could have died at any moment throughout that. So I thought that was a really good part of the film.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As I told you offline, uh, Barrett, when you, you told me that this was the film you were choosing, uh, it was either number one or number two, or no, I think it was number two, uh, best horror film of the year by us, Doctor Discussions to podcast because I think the number one that year that we chose was uh, Allos. No, 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 a really <laughs> good film, one of the best actually. Uh, uh, that autopsy film. Um, autopsy, oh,
1: The Autopsy of Gene Doe? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that came out the same year, and I think that was number one. And this felt in either number two or number three, but I think it was number two. Phil, do you have
4: a spreadsheet that says which one came out number one every year?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I just had a, to a look at it. And, and okay. I got to you know what year the film was, uh, and I, I can try to find that.
1: I've been tracking everything on Letterboxd since, like, 2017, but I don't have anything before then.
4: Uh, well, I mean that we do, wouldn't we be the that. averaged out one number one for the whole show,
3: everybody on the show, right? Right, that, right, right. That, that, so, that, that yeah. right, that's Eric's. yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. There's so
2: few of us on this that, like, you just need one weird opinion and it throws, can throw everything off. True. Um, you know, one person in love a film. Well, or <laughs> not. That's I mean, Eric, you tend to be the most mainstream. And Phil that. tends to be the most, Phil, the most, most unique. But it's and then the rest of us tend to be somewhere in the middle, and it's just so sensitive on who saw what that year and who didn't see it.
4: And
3: and really, I mean, what what year was this film anyway?
4: 2015 or 16? 2016 is what it's when it it came out. Anyway,
3: continue, Uh, Mike.
2: Yeah, so I mean, it's it's neat, it's interesting, it's but the I think the individual lists are always more instructive than the the combined lists.
3: Um, I don't know, Mike, because our combined lists have been pretty pretty solid every year. Oh, they I have mean, been, but because we yeah. because
2: we have taste. Yeah. Uh. So, <laughs> so, 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 but it's um, but again, it's you're not going to get the, the lists are never going to match up anyone necessarily exactly, and it's again, it's a movie that maybe two people saw instead of all well, four people saw you're yeah, gonna, yeah. is going to rate differently and. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and that's true. That's true. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to look for the spreadsheet now. I can't find it. Uh, But but uh, we do have the the podcast episode um, that
1: yeah yeah it's out there somewhere.
3: Yeah yeah. Um, Let me let me see if I can if it's even listed. So that would be autopsy. Autop. I'm trying to figure out how to spell that autopsy of. I can't spell that wrong. Uh, Anybody (laughs) audio. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm adding an extra O in there. Autopsy of Jane Doe. All right, let's see. Um, okay, it is... All right, that was episode 268 of the podcast. So it will be sometime after the 268. Um, yeah, so let me, let me look on the podcast sheet now. All right, 268 was... Um, Two sixty-seven. Oh, and oddly, it's uh right here. So that was um January that we did the episode. So uh, year of review. Here it is, twenty sixteen. Episode two sixty-seven. Two sixty-seven. Um, yeah, and there's tra- yeah. So Train of Busan is on there, and Autopsy, James Doe. But we'd have to listen to the episode to the, the actual list cuz i don't have the list on me so oh well um but yeah yeah that's that's uh um, anybody who wants to check that out to episode two sixty seven, twenty sixteen 2016 year in review uh where you can hear our thoughts on uh train to busan and where it fell in our top 10 or top 20 and then train to busan itself we did an episode on yeah, let me see what episode that was. That was episode 382.
1: Uh Train to Busan. And by so, the way, um, they also just released that on 4K. So I just picked that up recently. I haven't oh, even had a wow. chance to pop it in and watch it yet.
4: Yeah, Fish. I'd actually buy this. This is one of it's yeah. definitely one of my favorite zombie flicks. So Yeah, I bought it. I bought it
3: uh, I bought it when it first came out uh as a Apple Uh, VOD. Um, so I bought it that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure I own a digital copy too, but I like to, I, I want to support physical media. Yeah. Me too. To try and make sure it sticks around because, um, particularly with shenanigans going on at Warner right now. Yeah. (laughs) Some of the stuff that's been digital is going away forever and that's not great. So,
3: Yeah, yeah. And this one, the only reason I bought this one as a VOD was because, um, you couldn't get the disc it was it came out as a rental or purchase through vod before the disc mm-hmm. even came out and so that's and i wanted that's to see not, that
1: that's not an unusual occurrence
3: yeah there, there was actually a prequel to this uh s
1: it was animated
3: as, yeah it was animated right. and it was soul station Soul Station, and it's really good. It's really good. highly recommend. So if you like this, Barrett, you want to watch the, the prequel, Soul Station. Soul is in the, in the city. Um, it's, pre, it's pretty awesome. Uh, what, what and then the, there was I a
2: sequel, which was Peninsula,
3: which was not that great. Yeah, yeah I didn't see that because, because Mike said it wasn't too good, so I didn't bother seeing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
3: saw it too, Eric? It wasn't that good?
1: I, I can't remember if I avoided it or watched it and forgot it. Right. But that's the
3: reason we didn't do an episode on that, uh, because it was, um, Mike, Mike kind of let us know that it was, yeah, I still probably should see it,
2: but it was just such a
3: downer, significant
2: step down. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically a generic zombie film, uh, which is exactly what the original was not.
3: Did you see soul station?
2: I did. I don't remember being all that enamored with it. I know it got a lot of good reviews.
3: Um, I
2: thought yeah, I it was okay. I, but I, I don't know that it, might, it had my. Uh, full
3: oh!
1: Attention. I, I just got a play. I haven't seen Peninsula. It was not great.
3: Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, so that's why we skipped it. it I just high. saw a
1: screenshot and it all came back to me.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, prefer, I should probably just see it to see it. But. Yeah. Well, it's worth watching once. Maybe. Right, um, right. Maybe you'll love it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um. All right, very good. Uh, anybody else have any further thoughts on uh train to Busan?
1: It's great. I own it twice.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I would say uh
2: I've seen three of the four films here today. Uh my number one recommendation would be train to Busan. My number two recommendation would be alligator. And then if you can get around to either bad seat or old dark house, or just for historical purposes, you can see them, but otherwise probably. Skip them. Don't that's that's my that. personal ranking.
3: That's what I was going to say is that we would both agree that, I mean, all four of us would agree that, that alligator and train to Busan are a high recommends. And the other two are historical purposes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or, okay,
2: or let's... if you have, if you have a different opinion and you want to, Point out how much of a Philistine I am because I can't appreciate the grandness uh, and the irony and the sarcasm and uh, the satire of Old Dark House. And please feel free to to rip into us on a uh, on an email or just to let Eric know why he's completely wrong about his opinion about old films. And please <laughs> just write an email to darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Or if you care to explain to film why Top Gun is not Dark Discussions. <laughs> that would be more interesting, actually. Yes, please respond. To right that. to that.
4: Yeah. Or, or it, it, if
2: you want to rip into Barrett for his inability to handle subtitles, go ahead. That or maybe praise him for trying to overcome that 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 limitation.
1: He's trying. I give him credit for trying.
2: Exactly.
3: But, but I mean, I, the point I, is,
2: okay. please feel you're free going. to write us
3: and let us know. Yes. What you think. Yes, absolutely. Please, please uh, write to us your bucket list films that you saw in twenty twenty two that you had never seen that you always wanted to. Uh also your opinions on any of the four films we brought up tonight. And again uh those four films are Alligator from nineteen eighty, uh Train to Busan from uh twenty sixteen, uh An Old Dark House from what year Mike? 1930- nineteen thirty nineteen thirty two thirty two. And um The Bad Seed from nineteen fifty four um, 56 56 50 but the play the play was yeah. 54 yeah so uh those are the four films that we uh saw and if you've seen them uh we would like to hear your thoughts on them as well um, so that would be pretty uh awesome to get any emails responses because uh, we don't get many emails uh for some reason uh but we do have the listeners uh, well, so. uh,
2: yeah, I mean, by the way speaking of physical releases I have to go uh look on my back porch and see if uh my 1950s 4K release of uh, War of the Worlds arrived today. Oh, who
1: released that? What? They did that in 4K?
2: Who released that that in 4K? Why? Uh, I don't know. What company? Uh, Apparently, I I don't know the company. I I I thought
3: you were talking to Eric when you said you didn't know.
2: No,
1: I got Um, my first
3: copy of Terrifier today. Cool. One or two. The the original? Number two. Number Number
2: two. Yeah. Yeah. My 4K edition is still coming.
0: Yeah,
1: Actually, um, in, I bought Terrifier belief. two digitally just because I wanted to hear the director's commentary. Um, and Mike will be very happy to hear that I was completely wrong about my theory. Oh,
3: good. I, I, I mean, I I, I forget what that's theory what that was.
2: But, that's oh, all I need.
3: <laughs> I forget that theory, but
1: all right. Mike just likes it when I'm wrong.
3: Uh,
2: yeah, like, uh, if you called me up, if you like, messaged me and said, "Mike, you won the lottery," and then found out later that. I didn't, I would still not be all that depressed because you still would have been wrong. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, I that
2: But yeah, the, the, <laughs> apparently the one thing is the 4K release of War of the Worlds digitally removed the wires. And I don't know how I feel about that.
3: Um, I, you know what, I, I think that's okay because I read articles about that too, even when it went to Blu-ray. And I was okay with it because uh, their their argument for those who were okay with removing them was the intent was to never have you see them, and with the upgrade in quality uh, going to Blu Ray and now to four K, you suddenly see them. And if the uh, if um uh the director or um George Powell, uh, the producer was was alive, they would probably agree that yeah, what's 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 Get rid of those well,
1: quite, quite frankly, doing something like that is the only reason I can see to do a 4K release. Right, it's
0: like, really obvious.
1: Like, you got to be, I mean, well, let me rephrase this. I find that I am selective when it comes to <laughs> buying things on a 4K disc because some of this stuff, they're just taking the same transfer from a Blu ray and slapping it on a 4K right. disc and charging more for it. Uh, which is, is not worth my time or money. Um, but in the cases where they're putting extra features on there or taking the time to do a restoration like they did for Alligator, um, then, yeah, if if it's something that can be made to be looked better, then I'll absolutely invest in, in a 4K disc. But something like War of the Worlds, I mean, ah, there's only so much you can do with that.
2: Well, the thing is, I mean, I, I, most of these I did research on uh, – like Blu-ray.com and look at the reviews of the the transfers because uh, there's some where they're like, yeah, it's not worth it. Um, the ones from the things that were actually filmed on film have higher resolution than a lot of the stuff that was eventually filmed digitally um, and or on video, like back in the, in the in the 80s and 90s. So you can actually get great transfers. One of the best transfers reported, reportedly is uh, Ten Commandments.
1: Well, if you if you have a pristine copy of the original, right. Yeah, which is not always available, right?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. And they just did the upgrade of War of the Worlds on Blu-ray within the lifetime of this podcast, because uh, I remember getting that, um, and now it's up to 4K. But it was on sale today, uh, yesterday, so I bought it. Uh, <laughs> I it was no, idea. Place, but it also it also came with a copy of uh, a Blu-ray copy of When Worlds Collide. So I figured, all right, you know, to get the two of them.
3: When worlds collide, have I seen <laughs> that one? That, that's not the one with with the uh, um those cool monsters is it no. no okay you know what I'm talking about i I don't know uh the Morlocks – not the Morlocks. The, the ones with the they, they like crab monsters with big heads that um it was a great film one of your favorite oh, fiction no, one of your favorite science fiction films
2: and oh, oh, they, they uh, kind of- with a bit oh uh this island of Earth.
3: Yeah, 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 that's the one, yeah, so it's not that yeah, no, no. Yes. When worlds collide. No, this
2: happened. was, uh, When World collide. I think, it was, uh, like, another planet hurtling towards Earth. Uh,
3: uh, okay. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that But, many,
2: but uh, uh, was that was another, like, George Powell science fiction classic from back in the day. Um, gotcha. but, no, but uh, just
1: to finish up my thoughts about restoration, uh, if you really want to see the amount of work that goes into a good restoration, um, I think it's about an eight-minute-long uh, feature. Uh, that's on the disc and you can find it on YouTube uh, about when they did the Universal's 100th anniversary Blu-ray release of Jaws. Uh, the amount of work they put into that is, is like...
3: You mean 50th anniversary, not 100th Astounding.
1: You said... How, in you the said 100th a- anniversary of the company, Universal.
3: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that now, Eric. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So so it's and really We're old, but we're not exactly yet old enough for the do 50th anniversary. They do and, anniversary. and the care they take.
3: Yeah, right. It's it's not fifty years. It's forty six, I think, right now. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty good documentary. Even though it's eight minutes, it's still very informative. Oh yeah. Nice,
1: nice. Yeah, it shows you everything they did to restore um, the film because that's a case where even though they did have the archived copy of the film, it still had like scratches and stuff on it. Um, So some of it they had to go through frame by frame, (laughs) (laughs) erasing all the little blemishes.
3: And this is Jaws?
1: Yeah. How about that?
3: Cool, cool. Um, All right, so that's pretty much our episode on that topic specifically, meaning our films. But uh, we do have some time that we could probably do some uh, what we've been watching or news Um, and whatnot. Uh, One news I wanted to bring up, even though it was a couple of weeks old now, uh, Bill Olson, I think his name is, uh, who was the head of um, Code Red Boutique Label. He passed away. Uh, He was having some health conditions for a good year or two now. uh, I think related to diabetes or something. I I can't remember. Um, And He passed away, so uh, rest in peace. Uh, What that does to the Code Red Label, uh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, His brother runs Scorpion boutique label, so maybe maybe um his brother will take over uh and also a guy for doc force entertainment uh used to work uh with Bill olson a lot too um so we'll see if uh, maybe he takes over um but as we know with uh something weird video when when uh that uh head passed away from lung cancer um that company pretty much uh became stagnant um and and is basically just there to release what they've already released and nothing new, so um we'll see what happens but uh speaking of uh uh boutique labels and and things like that um that 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 that's a loss for uh um, a lot of uh fans of uh uh obscure films and stuff uh so we'll see what where what what goes on there so I just want to bring that up. Um, that's all I got for news, but, uh, we can go around and discuss, uh, any other news or what we've been watching. So, uh, maybe we can start with you, Eric.
1: Um, yeah, I haven't watched a whole lot. Um, I watched, um, this isn't really dark, but Glass Onion, a Knives Out story, um, a Knives Out Mystery, rather, on Netflix, it's now available. Um, it's not as good as Knives Out, but... It's still pretty entertaining, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to um, ask how it, how it was. I mean, nothing's going to measure up to the original, because the original was a masterpiece, but it's still, yeah. it's still, uh, still got the, a lot of the comedy going on. Is uh, that Daniel Craig? Yeah.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah. The World I know Mike's right. Uh, Mike, Mike, Benoit Blanc. Um, <clears throat> and then last night on Shudder, I watched a movie called A Wounded Fawn, which is getting good reviews. Um, but last week we recorded our episode on significant other and Phil, remember how you were comparing it to dust till dawn
0: Yes. Uh,
1: by saying that the two halves of the movie had very different tones.
0: Yes. Absolutely. I would
1: say this is even more so. Um, huh. Yeah. The second half of this, I mean, they even throw title cards up on the screen, act one and then act two. Um, and Act 2 is way different than Act 1. Um, and it's, uh, it's a little trippy. Not everybody's going to like it. <laughs> it's what we've referred to on this podcast before as pretentious douchebaggery. Um, but I liked it anyway. So your mileage may vary, but it's out there on Shutter if you want to check it out. All
3: right. Is it all, sir?
1: Uh that's it this week. We're we're recording earlier than this week. So I'm missing a couple days.
3: Yeah, yeah that's that is true. Um yeah, for me um honestly um just mostly um uh Christmas movies with with the kids. So uh like uh the we already saw our elf and the Santa Claus. So this week it was um uh Christmas vacation, Ernie Ernest saves Christmas and the Christmas story. You so, poor man. So, so yeah, well, the Christmas now story Now you got introduced introduce them to, uh, N&M. yeah, but Ernest, come on. Yeah, well, they, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I, I actually watched it with them and, and my first time watching it and even though it's, it's silly and bizarre, um, the, the guy that plays Santa Claus, uh, plays it straight. I mean, it, it's, so it's really interesting and, and, and the film, was enjoyable. My my kids enjoyed it, so I I I didn't hate it. Put it that way, Barrett. But yeah. Well, it's, that's it's,
4: important too that your kids like it. I mean, come on.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because Santa Claus wasn't a joke. He, he was really Santa Claus, and, and the, right. so they, they thought it was like real. This is like wow, this is good. Yeah. So, um, and, not like and they, Rudolph,
2: where Santa's a massive asshole.
3: <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was pretty much uh, all I've got. Uh, I do plan to watch. I think it's called Blackbird. It's like a mini series on Apple Plus. Uh, I heard uh, on a podcast, uh, through a writer and, and a political commentary person um, uh, recommended it, and it's by based on a book or something by Dennis Lehane, the guy that did Mystic River and Gone Baby Gone. And There's Apple, so
1: many other Apple shows you should watch first. <laughs>
3: Why? did you, Oh, have you seen that Blackbird one?
1: No, no, I have not.
3: Oh, oh because basically, yeah, but I can
1: definitely recommend uh, For All Mankind and Severance.
3: Well, this one's supposed to be really good, too, because first of all, Dennis Lane, he's, he's really good. But what, 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 the idea sounds cool. It's like this guy gets arrested for drugs dealing. So he's got like a 10 year sentence and he's about to go in and they make a deal with him where they say, if you go undercover, and uh, not really undercover. He's going to be who he is in, in his real sentence. But they'll let him go early if he can get the serial killer to con- to uh, uh, admit that he murdered these fourteen other cases that they know he's guilty of, but they can't prove it and where the bodies are. And so that sounded like kind of interesting. So and and then they, I, he played the trailer on the podcast, and it was sounded really cool. So where
1: are you in that.
3: Yes, yeah. This is his last film. This is his last thing before he passed. No, well, no.
1: His last film is Cocaine Bear, which will be coming out in four. 4- yeah, oh, right, right,
3: right. right. Yeah, this, <laughs> but this was, this was one of the things that wasn't released yet when he had passed. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 getting good reviews too. right here. So, it, yeah, and and that's F- you know, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. Even though you're right, there's other good stuff on Apple. Plus, you gotta
1: watch Severance film. So.
3: Yeah, I, I heard it's really good. Yeah, I heard that's really good. Uh, I still want to watch Foundation, too. I haven't seen that.
1: I haven't watched that either.
3: Yeah. And the I've reviews
1: heard, I heard of that not were uh, not great.
3: <laughs> oh, you heard not great, too? Eric?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was, I didn't hear it was terrible, but I heard it was yeah. not.
3: I watched part of
4: it. I didn't get to the end, um, but that tells you I stopped. So I didn't finish Basically, it. Basically,
1: all the reviews I heard were, why did people ch- keep trying to adapt to this? It's impossible.
3: Right, right, yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So either way, um, yeah. So I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna start that. I was gonna start that last night or tonight, but now I'm thinking I may not be able to watch it until this weekend. Um. Oh, and, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And then I'm I'm supposed to go see uh, Puss in Boots or whatever it's called with my kids this weekend.
4: The Last Wish.
3: Yeah. The Last Wish. What's that?
4: Puss in Boots, The Last Wish.
3: Oh, yeah, that's, that's, it. yeah, that's the whole It's a title. sequel, Phil. Yes, yes. Actually, yeah, we the third or fourth oh,
1: film, I think.
3: Yeah, so we watched the 2011 Puss in Boots or whatever it's called. So, it's a uh, sequel to a spinoff. Uh, yes, exactly. So uh, we watched a, a Puss in Boots one yesterday um, to get ready for that. So we're going to go see that. Um, and we're going to go see the uh, Harlem Globetrotters on Thursday night. As part of a Christmas gift, um, because that's why we're recording tonight. Because
1: that's I uh, you know, as much as I hate rescheduling, that's a that's a worthy cause. I remember my dad yeah. came to see the Harlem Globetrotters when I was a kid, and yeah, when you're yeah. a kid, it blows your mind.
3: Yes, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so, so they're gonna uh, have fun, especially now that they're playing basketball. I hope they win. Yeah. Fun, you know. <laughs> right. I know. Seriously. Um, also. Um, have Avatar Haven't they lost I, like twice? <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Right. Uh, but I, I, I did take my kids to Avatar, walk, uh, a, a Way of Water.
1: Way of Water.
3: Way of Water. And I think I may have mentioned this on another episode, but I can't remember because it's been in, in the past week. And it was really good. I recommend. Um, and I brought my kids to see the original in September because it was re-released for theaters. And, and they also saw Jaws. I brought too, and so I'm thinking like Star Wars and Jaws and Indiana Jones and films like that were to us as kids. I think Avatar is going to be theirs because they're going to remember. These are their first big, you know, extravaganza films. Mm -hmm. So, so I think well, the
2: the first one had ten years to do that and it, it
3: didn't make it. So let's
2: let's see how the sequels fare. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well 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 for, for uh you know, a seven and nine year old uh it may may work. But yeah, you're right, especially now that this one's doing pretty good. And when the first one came out films. there were seven
2: and nine year olds and there's a bunch of nineteen and twenty year olds who don't give a shit about it. Um yeah, now look I like the movie and I rewatched it and I'm not trying to, to diss the film itself. I like the film. I, you know, the criticisms are fair but the the, the the film is still a hell of a piece of entertainment and does yeah, 3d yeah. better than any film I've ever seen, yeah. but it just never had that, that staying power. And for whatever the reason is, um, it never caught on the, the, the popular consciousness. And, um, you know, I don't know what will be next. Um, Harry Potter for a certain generation, but that's more likely to be the, the generation before your kids rather than your kids. um, so I, I have no idea. Doubt, One of the things I that I think will the help is
1: our movie is visually stunning. I just the as as somebody who who takes effort uh, to avoid commercials and advertisements as much as possible, um, even I have been bombarded with, with this stuff for Avatar to the point where I just wanted to go away. Uh, and so I don't I don't care how great the movie is. I, I don't want any part of it. <laughs>
3: Well, I understand. Yeah, I mean, when there's all this hype and all that it can rub off the the wrong way? Yeah, but fortunately, my, my I, I my don't know kids, if I have
1: what it takes to make it through a three hour movie in the theater.
3: Yeah, that's that's, that's a fair how play. long the Wakanda
4: one was. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: haven't seen
4: talk. that either.
3: I mean, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah so it's but, becoming uh, way more common, which I don't know is necessarily a good thing.
3: I, I was lucky. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have to bring my kids to to the. To potty for this one, even though the original one I had to. So, so. If I, if I can, That's amazing. I, I figure if I, okay. if I can make it through Tar, I can make it through anything. If you can make it through what? Tar. What's that? Did you see that, Eric? Tar. What's it called?
1: No, uh, I want to. Is it not it good?
3: No, oh, it's, it's good. What is, it's a what's the film? Hour... What's
2: the film? Tar. Tar. T-A-R. Tar. Tar-tar. Tar-tar Binks. Tar.
3: T-A-R? I've never no. heard of it. I never yes, T A R. I've never heard of this. It's,
1: it's with Kate probably going to win all the awards. Film. Film. It stars Kate Blanchett as a uh, composer slash conductor. That's all uh, I know.
4: Definitely sounds it, boring
2: it, there, to there me. There is there's a there is a fair <laughs> share of pretentious douchebagery in it. Um, it depends. Well, oh, my on how father is a conductor, so <laughs> right. So you would like it, and you know, and and, I'm, and I have an interest in it, and you know, Pam obviously had an interest in it. But man, I, I the movie goes for forty minutes and you're like, is there a plot coming
1: along at any point?
2: You know, and so oh, there's still two hours left. Um so yeah, it's a it's a almost three hour character study of a of a of a classical uh music conductor. And uh Thanks. A
4: movie I'll never see not, not, a, not, yeah, not one Bruce in Alien Yeah, you've seen.
2: yeah. Um, no, I
1: can probably so appreciate no the movie more than most because I grew up in the classical music world. No, I think you would, um, and let me tell you, time. it is a different world. Those people just—they don't talk like we do. Yeah,
3: yeah. I did see that Richard Dreyfus classical piano film that right after he became big. Is like, was it her office. No, no, it was, it was it was earlier than that. Um, but uh, it also starred the, the one of the women from uh, uh, Carrie as well. Uh, but that that was. My my parents forced me to go see that when I was a kid, and it was fine. I enjoyed it, but yeah, I mean, I, I can see see Barris point too, which is eh, I'm going to probably skip.
4: I can it. enjoy any movie pretty much, pretty much. No, no the, 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 the there's some I just don't want to The film is the plot is
2: almost subliminal.
1: Like, <laughs> no, I, I, I like, have no doubt that that film would blow the crap out of a lot of people. But I have, enough, I have enough knowledge of the classical music and enough appreciation for Kate Blanchett's acting that I'd like to watch it anyway.
2: All right. Well, the first 20 minutes is an interview with the character. The next 20 minutes is the character teaching a class. And that's, so you're 40 minutes into the movie and you're going, there is, there, is there a plot coming at any point? And eventually there is a plot, but you're probably past an hour into the film before you realize that they've sort of snuck one in there. Um, because okay. you're just kind of watching this character go about their days um and if you're not paying attention you will you you very easily miss that there's a plot there so when i say it's almost a subliminal plot i'm not uh i'm not being hyperbolic uh it takes a while for that to show up it's, it's like it's it's a great performance it's an interesting world to watch um but man i could it is talk about a movie you could not just recommend blindly to anybody um, there's right. many people would be bored to tears
3: now, uh, Avatar: The Weight of Water just hit one billion today, so that's pretty good. Interesting. Halfway to wait. What? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, honestly—I I don't.
1: Pretty <laughs> budget.
3: <I don't, laughs> yeah, I don't know what they need to, to make, but but it, well, they made like this it,
4: one and the next one at the same time, right? So, does that budget yeah. cover both of those films? No, well, but a lot James of the technology. Cameron,
1: James Cameron himself said, um. If it's not a top five box office of all time, they're in trouble.
3: Yeah, right, right. Uh, Has become the third highest grosser of 2022 and the fourth biggest film of the pandemic era. Um, And that's pretty good. It's the the third highest grossing of 2022, and it's only been out for one week. So that's pretty fucking awesome. Right, it's doing
2: okay in the United States. It's doing really well overseas.
3: Except for China. It's not doing good in
2: China. Yeah, well, that's fine. Uh, that, the the, about the, China. The more we divorce, yeah. divorce ourselves from China, the better. Well, uh, that's because yes. everybody
4: yes. has to stay home or had to stay home. They just recently yes. opened yeah, up. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, or they land up in well,
3: concentration camps or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, hey, look, I, I, I support it. I'm happy if I'm, 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 if Cameron makes a good film and it's successful. That's great. Yeah. Um but a lot of the, a lot of the budget is the, the research that went into the technology and sure, the fact sure. that this has been on like the back burner for ten years. So like all the money they spent. Right. D- the reason it, it wasn't, wasn't made the last earlier years
3: there. was was because they were trying to get to the technology. That's what I heard.
2: Right. And so the next film does, is not going to have to carry the, the 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 offsets of like, you know, the eight years before they finally got around to filming the film. Right. So this. The, yeah. The, they The, Avatar 3 the Way of Water like
1: minutes. a couple months ago. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they spent a long time in post-production.
4: Yeah. But, it's um, been so long that what? Disney owns the company now or? They do, yes, <laughs> Disney bought
2: Fox Disney built an entire theme park reporting rumors because they didn't understand how, uh, the Google search results um the legend is that right. they they wanted to build a new land, and they saw that Pandora was like one of the like the most top internet searches on Google. And didn't realize that that, that uh, it
3: wasn't an alien planet. It was, was the, a music, music service. service. Yeah, that's a right? rumor. a yeah. rumor. I can't
2: say there's any truth, but I did get it from a Disney employee.
3: Um, it does so, say uh, Christmas delivers box office miracle for Avatar: The Way of Water. Just because, despite winter weather, because they were expecting nothing to to to, to do. Yeah, good the, the Christmas and,
2: box office was down, but you know, uh, but it not, was, not uh, for it Avatar. Brutally cold here. Well, no, even for Avatar, it wasn't great. I'm sure it's not what they were hoping for, but because it, it was a little under what they were shooting, but it's still doing well. That's a matter of massaging the expectation yeah. game. Um, right, but when you're dealing with the kind of cold that we've had, and you know, especially it I was everywhere cold. that cold. Yeah, oh, yeah, that cold was everywhere. Uh, oh yeah, I heard there was
3: like down in Florida, it was it like in the 70s?
2: So that cyclone
3: um,
1: was the bomb.
3: Yeah, like like uh, a friend of mine. Uh, she lives in uh, South west virginia Martinsville or Martinsburg, not so not really close to you barrett and it was down to like she's um, near the
4: mountains yeah yeah
3: yeah and that was it was like you know like 20 something i think well, it it was when the
4: 15 is the high or no yeah it was 20 something was the high on saturday and yeah,
3: yeah was, and you're in virginia
4: right you're in yeah, richmond yeah yeah for our, uh, for our anniversary, we went to uh, Greenwich Village
2: uh, to see uh, Eddie Izzard do a uh, one-person performance of Red Expectations. It's a really good show. Uh, the, the story benefits from being cut down to two hours. Um, but uh, Pam, for some silly reason, did not wear a jacket or gloves or hat. And uh, it was like negative 10 below with wind chill. Um, and,
3: and where was this located?
2: This was in the village, and it was like a fifteen-minute. The minute
3: village walk. Meaning, meaning Manhattan Credit village. Yeah, yeah. Man, right. It was like a fifteen-minute
2: walk from the from the from the restaurant to the theater, and then back to the parking was another fifteen. And it was it was it was bad. It was really really unpleasant. Um, we didn't even see homeless people on the street. Um, so, uh, and, you know, New York City theater is always homeless people. They're a fixture.
3: Yeah. It is what it is. Uh also um uh violent night that movie now uh is on VOD. I think the rent on it's,
2: it's in the it's in the twenty
3: dollar.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's just
1: yeah, it's the outrageous rape you up the ass rental price. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: But exactly. it's a
1: you right. can get
2: it for probably ninety-nine cents on January second once the holidays are over
3: Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. So just a heads up for folks uh, that the curious about that film. Um, all right. So, uh, that was me. Uh, so let's go with you. Uh, Barrett, what do you got? Uh, what you've been watching or news.
4: Um, so I watched, we watched the news. We had a lot of downtime this weekend. So, cause I hurt my toe last week. Um, so we watched the new, uh, Jack Ryan third season. I really enjoyed it. Thought it was pretty good.
3: That's with, uh, the guy from the office, right?
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the one married to you your, your favorite yeah, the, uh, Emily actress. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes. I love
4: them. That. Awesome. Um, yeah, and it was it was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then my wife got us watching um, or binging Schitt's Creek, uh, which is really really funny. Really enjoying that show. Um, sorry, I missed it as it was coming out, but um, now we're. Where are you getting... watching
1: that?
4: It's on Hulu right now. Hmm, okay. But I heard that it came out on Netflix originally yeah you know, it was, so that's one that they've sent out so other people can stream it is that i guess that's how it's working man?
3: that's how it's working yeah, yeah. um well, maybe, maybe, it maybe, working maybe, maybe it wasn't really a netflix show and it was more of something else and and, and they lost the rights to it similar to like the office yeah know. well i'm a huge uh, so, eugene levy fan so i i'm
4: enjoying yeah. it a lot from that I, perspective
3: i forgot to ask you about the jack ryan uh that's on amazon prime right Yep, mm-hmm. that's up and and yep. did they just drop the whole episode the whole season or did they do it weekly like the boys
4: they dropped the whole season uh, i'm oh, not sure so why yeah. that's different than other ones but yeah they dropped the whole season yeah that's why so, i was
3: curious yeah, yeah so if you're Amazon into spy
4: thrillers take. it's a good time for that because you've got jack ryan and then on netflix you've got the recruit which is really good um so yeah if you're into spy stuff Good stuff out
1: there, right Krasinski now. Is, is surprisingly good in that role. Like when I first heard that that was coming out and he was he was Jack Ryan, I was like, really, Jim? Yeah, <laughs> but it turns out he could pull it off. Well,
3: he the same pulls with, it with well. like, the Quiet Place too, right? We know yeah, know. what what
2: Quiet Place? Um, well, I mean, Jack Ryan's supposed to be a CIA analyst, right? He's not supposed to
4: be an action hero.
1: Well, till that well, one in the series.
4: It, well, and even in the books, I mean, it turns out he just kind of falls into being more than an analyst. That's kind of how the story right, right. goes.
3: Yeah. What was that other show on Amazon Prime that begins with a B about some detective or something that's been on for a while? Do you know what I'm talking about? Bosch? Bosch? Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, Bosch. Yeah, Bosch. Is that supposed to be pretty good?
1: That I is – uh, I've actually watched all of it. It is It is heavily noir. Okay, um, okay. So if you're not into that, skip it. It's, you know – But it's it's good for what it is, but it's a very specific thing.
3: Is is it modern? Takes place in modern day, though. Yes. Okay, yeah. Because my wife's mother, she she loves the books, and so and and so I was thinking "Eh, maybe I should start take a take a look at the at the show. So.
4: So for my final thing, we are going to go see Avatar on New Year's Eve. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, IMAX
3: 3D. Um, It could be a Halloween boutique psychotronic review episode.
4: Absolutely if you want to. Um I really loved the first one when it came out. I think I saw it two or three times in the theater because the 3D was just so amazing to me. Um I'm hoping yeah, this good. one is similar. And I'm expecting it to be because,
3: you know, oh, I can't it's good. Tune well, it good. Like so. Yeah. Yeah, you'll yeah. be satisfied. All right. You'll be definitely be satisfied. All right. If, especially if you like the the first one that much, you'll you'll like this one then, yeah. Yep. Is it awesome? Nope, that's it. Okay. Uh Mike, what do you got?
2: I mean, the only thing I did watch was it uh, was the show for uh, Eddie Izzard, the uh, great expectations which is an off runway in the village that was it um I haven't really watched anything finished my rewatch of uh, peacemaker which I may end up getting on digital because it's on HBO Max and uh yeah things are just vanishing uh and it really <laughs> sure is amazing are. and it is amazing to me because I I can understand watching this why they handed over the, the DC stuff to James Gunn, because, you know, like the Guardians films, this is something that is, um manages to, to take the uh, the characters, balance them with actual character arcs and pathos and real heart and emotion while still,
3: you know, having good
2: action, being rather funny, and in the case of Peacemaker, often violent and a bit uh, bawdy.
3: Taylor Swift's um, sexy
2: butt. That was such a sexy butt. Oh, and the character of Vigilante is just um awesome. Mm-hmm. Who is, is is just oh yeah, he's just so fantastic. He's I gotta this, watch that uh,
3: series too. That's another series. Oh I'm my god,
2: because he is a sociopath superhero. <laughs> he's not. Um,
3: awesome.
2: like just does not understand who he can and cannot kill. <laughs> um <laughs> it's just so it's a it is a it is a really, really well done series. And um if you have an appreciation for the work that James Gunn has done uh this is arguably the best thing that came out of the DC cinematic universe, um, or whatever you would call. Um and I was a big fan of his Suicide Squad as well. Um which is a which this is a sequel to, but you don't really need to see beforehand. Um uh, yeah, I, I I would certainly recommend it once again. Um but uh that's about it. It's I've been dealing with holidays. I was sick, Pam was sick, um, and I'm going to be hitting Avatar 2 tomorrow, probably, uh, because Pam has told me she doesn't want to see it, so
3: I can go by myself. Oh, she doesn't want to see it? Oh. No. And I am, and
2: I am, which surprises me, because she's like, she she likes to see the gimmicky shit. She likes, so she'll be like, oh, if it's IMAX and 3D, and ooh, that looks like it's a good thing to see. And I'm not usually suckered in by that stuff, necessarily. um, uh, But... Yeah, so she doesn't want to see it, so I'll go. Um I mean I'll see it in IMAX and three D because it's Avatar and it's James Cameron and Mike, you know I want to see it in the best format available.
3: Mike, uh how ABT secretary reviews episode. Maybe
2: let, let me let me get to watch it and then you know when I'm yeah. done with so I'm gonna go see it tomorrow, so I should be done uh sometime on Friday. Um <laughs> because it's
3: not a it's not a, long, a short film. It's um yeah. it's no it old goes, it, house, goes that. it goes quick though. It it, it oh, was that long it was because it's the same with the first one it's kind of interesting oh
2: yeah well because he doesn't he knows how to paste an action scene yeah
3: yeah
1: i I just wanted to say in regards to what mike was talking about um about stuff disappearing off hbo max um there was a series that ran this year called station 11 um which i've heard nothing but rave reviews for it but never got around to watching it um and now it has disappeared <laughs> from HBO Max. Uh, for anybody out there who's, who's in the same situation where you wanted to watch it, never got to it, and now it's gone, um, it has been announced that they're going to release that on 4K disc in February.
3: Yeah, okay, yeah, and what, uh, what's the uh, name Raised of the show Woods. again?
1: Station Eleven. Station 11.
2: See, I think everyone just should not buy it.
4: Best world. Don't Does buy it it's because... They are basically trying to get people to pay for those now when they could have seen them on HBO Max. It's just they're yeah, they're screwing everybody.
1: It's actually well, Paramount that's releasing the discs, so I don't think that's oh really? quite working the way you think it is.
4: Yeah, because basically oh, uh, Warner Brothers is just hold things
2: because they don't they decided they don't want to pay people anymore for shows that are not getting a lot of views. Um the right. flip side of that is like Disney, which has said that their streaming series like Mandalorian and the Marvel series and whatnot, they're not putting on disc and they're not putting on disc because they want people to subscribe to Disney Plus.
4: And I think that's a shitty thing to do too. Um,
3: yeah, that's so what, that's what, in that, the, that's the HBO, HBO max says. case, that's they that. don't
4: actually own it. They, it. they didn't film it. They're just streaming it. Is it. Well,
3: saying, that's why I don't right? think peacemaker is going to so, yeah. disappear because peacemaker is owned by, by HBO max because that's, that's but they peacemaker. also put it that's, out
2: on yeah. disc and they have done that with a lot of their DC
3: series. They they do it with a lot of their stuff. They do it with Westworld and all that, yeah. Right, Game of Thrones. I think Westworld's
1: available on disc, even though it's no longer on streaming service. Yeah.
3: Um, uh, Speaking of Avatar, Mike, um, the end action sequence, I think you'll like a lot, because it's, I mean, like you said, he's well-paced, but it's really... He's going to
1: see the movie anyway. You don't have to convince him.
3: Oh, yeah, I know. That's true. It wasn't meant to... It was just small talk. Uh, Anything else, Mike, that you want to bring up? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, all right. We can get into our final thoughts. Uh, by the way, uh, Cinema a la latest episode, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, was just released. So people can go check that out. Uh, it was released on Christmas Day. Um, no kidding. For, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I haven't seen it hit my feed yet.
3: Yeah, yeah, it should be. You know, it's it's on the both on the dark discussions podcast feed as well as the Halloween boutique psychotronic. I mean the cinema a la carte.
1: Oh there it is. All right.
3: Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So there it is. Let's so check that out. Um so we're we're gonna be uh, speaking of uh other things we do. Uh well since I brought that up, we'll we'll go out of order a little bit. Uh so cinema a la carte is a podcast that we talk about films that aren't necessarily dark discussions, such as Top Gun. Uh, Mission Impossible.
1: There, now you got it. Thank Neither so of
3: which that we have reviewed on the podcast.
1: <laughs> right, right. We reviewed which, almost
2: uh, everything else Tom Cruise, but not yeah. Mission Impossible and not Tom Gunn, Top Gun. Um,
3: Risky um, right, right. So, so with that um, stated, <laughs> uh, and now that we're done, uh, finished the, the TV podcast that we, we had, uh, Cinema Alcott will be coming back. Uh, the next Cinema Alcott episode will be released. Uh, January 8th or 9th maybe and that will be us caught up and we're going to be recording the new episode of that uh, probably mid-January uh, so uh, look out for that as well as the next two episodes and uh, speaking of other podcasts uh, Eric you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan
1: I do uh, it is a general interest podcast called the Scancy Podcast that's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y you can find it wherever you get a podcast.
3: And uh, Barrett, myself and you uh, have uh, been doing a podcast that's coming back as well. Uh, that is now being released every other week. Uh, Cinema and on Halloween and the Cinema and the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. What is Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast?
4: Um, it's similar to Dark Discussions, but uh, the range is a little more wide as far as what we watch. Um, we also do interviews, um, with authors and sometimes directors and, and just about anything can be on there. Um, we did like the stand, uh, the book, the miniseries, both of them, um, uh, for example, and we do all sorts of sh- stuff on there.
1: Phil told me that miniseries was excellent. No, no, no,
3: no. no. That is uh, fake news. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, but speaking of, uh, Halloween boutique segretaric reviews uh on December thirty first. Uh we will be having uh so maybe before this episode comes out, maybe not, but pretty close. Um that will be released. Uh How Dark They Pray. Uh it's an anthology horror film that you can find, uh rent it and whatnot. Uh it's actually free on Tubi, I think, too, and Plex. Uh but Eric. You, you, I, I knew Eric was gonna say that. He did. Um <laughs> but uh, the thing is is uh we we actually do, uh interview the, the directors and uh Holly and Petik's review. So that'll be episode forty five or or volume forty five because we go. And that's 45.
4: our second time interviewing these guys. They uh reduced yes. uh, released another film as well that we had reviewed.
3: Yes, no no uh no no Dar. uh Fair no Fair something something like that. Yeah, yeah, no fair. No fear, and, and yeah. Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. So uh, so uh, look out for that. We just released Beamoth episode as well, uh, which is an episode that we recorded back in December 2021. And uh, we finally got to release it in December 2022, similar to the Cinema Avocado episodes. Um, so uh, look for that. We got a couple other ones. Spore coming out as well uh, to catch up a bunch of episodes that we're going to catch up, including Spellbinders, another one.
1: So oh, yeah. we have
3: got a, twins. We still got a bunch of stuff in in the can that' are gonna be released. So uh, look out for that podcast as well. Um, I think that's all the house cleaning. So let's get into our final thoughts on the four films we saw tonight. Uh, so I think everybody agrees. Mike, you, you you summed it up pretty good earlier. What is that again? The how, the, how uh, the, we should watch the four films.
2: Rainy Basan is is a is handed down a classic, um, and probably the most highly recommended of the things on the podcast. Tonight, followed by Alligator, which is a, a sort of a cult classic in 1980s creature feature, urban uh, uh, not urban gothic, uh, urban legend horror film, and then uh, then the last two, which were the ones that Eric and I watched, Old Dark House and The Bad Seed,
3: are very old,
2: very dated, uh, and probably best watched if you have an interest in the uh, in it for historical purposes.
3: Indeed. Indeed. And uh, once again, thanks everybody uh, for enjoying this episode because this is uh, out of our wheelhouse uh, since we usually review and critique films. And, and this is more of a specialty episode and uh, uh, it appears to be one of our highly anticipated and liked uh, episodes yearly. Uh, so that's pretty much it. So uh, I guess we can start wrapping it up. So uh, Eric, why don't you leave us out?
1: All right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about our Bucket List episode. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. Should
0: all the acquaintances be forgotten never brought to mind? Should all the acquaintances be forgotten and